will choose to fight for a world beyond. We're the Sox Cast, and welcome to episode 38. Before we get things kicked off here, though, I want to do a quickie little plug for our good friend Noise Hero, who just in the, the last week or so released an EP called, um, yeah, it's called Mischief Maker. That's it. Uh, I believe you can find that at noisehero.soundcloud.com. I'll be playing my favorite track uh, at the end of the show. Um, if you like cool 80s synth kind of stuff, it's got like a really hard edge Hotline Miami kind of vibe with some Streets of Rage 2 mixed in. You might want to check that out. It's really good. Um, that's what uh, he's into. So go check him out. It's Noise Hero. He's our boy. We know him from PSO World. That shitty place. <laughs> A lot of good people come from PSO, though. Yeah, yeah, like all of us. We're good people. <laughs> We're fantastic people. Like, I, I don't want to pat us on the back or anything, but fuck, I'm amazing. Uh, anyway, to my immediate virtual right, if you've got a puzzle, yo, he'll solve it. Check out the hook <laughs> while JB revolves it. It's Rhett. Hi. How's it going, Rhett? I can't stop thinking about drawing lines. Can't stop. <laughs> I'm... That game gets in your fucking head. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, doing stuff, and I look at the wall, and it's, it's like a tile, and I'm, like, drawing lines between the tiles, going, like, how do I solve this puzzle? They're, they're everywhere. You would you would love my house, because there's lines. Oh, God. <laughs> there's, like, every wall is just lines. It's great. Okay, great. It's like wood paneling kind of thing going on. Say, that reminds me of a puzzle. Hmm. Say, that reminds me of a puzzle, Luke. <laughs> Pretty pretty appropriate that we're breaking out that accent. But to my immediate virtual left, he's not here. It's not John Thayer. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got a very special guest with us today. Uh, it's taken me no less than like eight months to try and make this appearance happen. And through, I don't know, some weird warlock majory, it's finally happened. He is the last living Brit. It's Rainiac. Hey, guys, what's up? How's it going? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. So I did, uh, I did uh, some research because I wanted you to feel super comfortable being here on this primarily American-hosted podcast. Uh, so I dug deep into the old Wikipedia, and I dug out... Uh, uh, some British lore uh, to kind of make you feel at home, kind of, you know, make things. Okay. okay, okay. Are you ready for me to hit you with some uh, uh, some, some references and some Go right ahead. All right. David Cameron. Yes. Like, like David Cameron. Yeah, that is our prime minister, yes. That's guy. He, <laughs> he fucked a pig. Oh, oh God! You've been talking to Freezing Inferno again, haven't you? <laughs> that's that's like other than uh, that that Peep Show was awesome. Uh, that's about all I know about Britain. Fair enough. And and tea. Yeah, tea. Tea is always good. Yes, but and I'm I'm I still also contend that you're not really British. <laughs> because your accent is like the worst sounding British accent I've ever heard. Like I, I, I took drama all the way through high school and I heard better British accents than the one you're putting on here for us. I'm sorry you're so disappointed. Hey, listen to this. It's just like, I'm sorry you're so disappointed. Well, what can I say? I mean, I can't use my real accent. It would just cause has to explode. It was so good. He hasn't even called anybody mate yet. 
It's like, coming. We've, <laughs> we have like we have like um, two and a half, three hours of this, mate. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, like I said, it's taken us God eight months to finally get you here, and we're Through the magic of time zones. Y- yeah, it's lo- like we've never recorded a podcast this early in the day before. Oh no, <laughs> no, these things usually drag on into the one and two a.m. mark. So it's going to be weird wrapping up a podcast at like four four thirty or something. I feel extremely special that you were prepared to uh, take all this time out to change the things around for little old me so yeah you should appreciate it because like i i've been over backwards for you like oh i appreciate it this is your episode this is your episode and if you don't words words cannot describe just how much i appreciate it right now tell me how awesome i am you're awesome you are so awesome this is like the best guest ever Can can (laughs) can we just replace john if you want, I mean, we might have a problem uh, setting up the recording like at 4 p.m. your time every every Sunday. But yeah, you know what? Fuck it. That might get real annoying. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a one time thing. Now we'll have you on in the future again, I'm sure, because this podcast is going to go for like another 70 years. That's what the contract I signed with Satan says, anyway. Yes, well, it's extremely hard to break those, isn't it? I, so yeah. I'm told. So I'm yeah. told. No, no first-hand experience of this whatsoever. Don't know what you're talking about. You mate. get the you get those double deals, and I traded two of my hearts for a 70-year podcast. That's a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard, I heard this week Molly New tried to get out, and the devil was like, "Nope, nope." Yeah. Oh, good old Peter Molyneux in him. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Molly dupe. <laughs> dupe. Oh, that's poop. So anyway, Radiac, as I am to do with new guests on this podcast, why don't you tell us who the hell you are and what you do? Okay, well, I go by the name of Radiac on the interwebs. I am a Let's Play, or I should say I'm a sporadic Let's Player, because I haven't done a Let's Play video in quite some time, although Polly is doing her best to try and change that. Yeah, yeah. I also do um, a podcast of my own, reviewing uh, the Doctor Who episodes, with a few people you've probably never heard of. I think one's called... um, Friendzo, Friendzone, something like that. Yeah, Friendzone, I think this is now. Friendbot, Friendbot. Friendbot, that's it, yeah. But no, we uh, we talk about Doctor Who episodes, we have a few arguments on the show, we have a few laughs on the show, it's a good time. How many scones do you have on the show? I, I've been meaning to get scones for the show, but uh, it just hasn't happened yet. Really class up the joint, I think. We, d- we do need to get a bit more classy on, on that podcast. Not this one. This no, is, this no. This is, this is like bottom of the barrel, and why you even agreed to be on here is beyond <laughs> my wildest imagination. <laughs> well, you asked so nicely. Yeah, yeah. With the tire iron in hand, of course. <laughs> yeah. Bit of persuasion. Never <laughs> went amiss. Oh, uh, cool. So, um, well, hey, I guess it's time we just jump right into the show. What you been doing, Rainiac? Why don't you tell us all about the fun stuff that you get up to? Well, amazingly, on a video game podcast, I've been playing some video games. I know. Whoa. Shocker, right? Whoa. <laughs> We're breaking new ground here. <laughs> There's a couple of games I've been playing in the past couple of weeks that I uh, really want to talk about. So I'll start with uh, one. These are all games that I got, by the way, for, for Christmas. I either bought myself or had some friends very generously uh, send them to me. And the first one we'll go with, uh, you may not have heard of this one. It's kind of a niche title, I would suggest. It's called Party Hard. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah, it's, I it's think kind that... of like it's kind of like Hotline Miami, but not good. <laughs> that's that's how uh, a streamer I 
uh, Follow once described it anyway. Why don't you tell well, us about Party Hard? Not as Hard. good. Well, Party Hard, it is basically a strategy game. I, I describe this kind of like it's Hitman, but not in 3D. And the Hotline Miami comparison is pretty apt, actually, in terms of the, of the visual style. Uh, you are basically playing as a guy who cannot get sleep for the life of him. And so he goes around murdering people. That's a good reason to murder people. That, that really is the plot. I've kind Seriously. of, it, like, in all of the problems I've had sleeping over the years, I find that like, every time it's like, man, if I could kill somebody, it'd probably, re- like, it might not help my insomnia, but I would feel less angry. Well, the plane music at 3 a.m. again, time to pick up the hockey mask and a knife. Sounds good. I would do it with a shy guy mask, though. <laughs> it's way cuter. Way cuter. With a shy guy mask. <laughs> <laughs> just the, the shy guy mask with just the O face. Just like, I want that as a mod now in Party Hub, by the way. So it just changes the, the, the hockey mask to the shy guy mask. Anyway, yeah. So I've, I've uh, been playing this game. I've actually completed this game. It just doesn't take that long to uh, to complete. It took me about oh, eight hours, I think, from uh, the beginning to the to the end of it. Ooh. I was going to uh, to stream this game, but I've been having some uh, recording issues, so that never actually happened. I may go back to it in the future and uh, do some videos on it, but uh, yeah. And, and there are various different levels. You start on just like your basic party, then you progress to I think it's a it's a farm party, then a, a casino party, a rooftop. Uh, there's one on a bus. The levels on the bus, unfortunately, is not very good because um, you cannot fail it. Oh. Yeah, you, you can't fail it. It's just you and 34 <laughs> people on a bus, and if they see you, they'll run for the police, but there's no phone to call them. Oh, well, that's... It's a it's a gimme level, basically, which yeah, has that's no the, place... A bit of catharsis, a bit of catharsis, if the game was a little difficult up to that point, I guess. It's mainly in there, I think, for the purposes of the plot, because there is a, there is a plot that kind of uh, unravels, and it's kind of the problem I have with Party Hard, funny enough, is the plot. I mean... It's simplistic, but that's not the criticism I had with it. I was able to guess the twist. I won't give away the twist if anyone wants to play the game, but I was able to guess who the murderer actually was, their real identity, within like the first three levels. It was David Cameron. Yes, it was David Cameron. Let's go with that. If that will stop the jokes, then let's go with that. But <laughs> it was it was it was also the Queen. Is that the only people you know from my country? Uh I know Tom York. <laughs> Fair enough. But Tom, York, but Tom York wouldn't kill anybody. He would just dance really flashily. No, he'd just sing to them and they'd jump to the window out of their, to their death. But, oh. um... Oh. No, no, I, I like Tom York. <laughs> I do like Tom York. I'm just trying to make a joke and they're uh, failing miserably. What else is new? So, <laughs> back, back to a party hard thing. Uh... It gets a bit interesting after the first five levels because then you play as a different character. You play as a sort of groupie that you've uh, collected, uh, a girl who is a fan of your of your handiwork, and then you play as her for the next level, and she gets to kill. But she plays a little differently because um, I should probably go through the mechanics, which I'm doing a horrible job of doing. You can kill people directly by stabbing them, or you can activate traps. The traps are a lot more satisfying. It has to be said. That that was kind of the case with Hitman Blood Money. I found like when I played yeah. that game, like I always wanted to go for the accidental kills because they were way better. And the traps are pretty inventive, depending on the level. I mean, you've got your standard. Um, you can push statues on top of people. You can ca- get them caught in bear traps. You can throw them off the roof. I always love throwing people off roofs in games. It's actually quite a a, a good text in news because. The problem is, if you stab someone, their body is uh, left behind, and if you get seen next to a body, then a cop comes by to arrest you. Mm. 
Now, you can escape the cop uh, by running away from him or by taking him out with a trap, but you cannot stab him. You cannot kill the cop by normal means. You have to use the trap. That doesn't sound very realistic, because I bet if I stabbed a cop, he'd probably die. I Believe me, you can try it all you want in this game. He'll just arrest you every single time. His, his hitbox is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't think he has a hitbox. He has a hit wall, and that is about it. He has a hit wall. He has a hit wall. What? He has a hit wall. You come into contact with it, like anywhere between, like between, like a hundred and nineteen thousand pixels of him, he'll arrest you. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were making a reference that was entirely too clever for my primitive brain. Um... No, not at all. Not at all, love. <laughs> there we go again. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's a, it's a pretty fun game for what it is. I mean, it's not the best game ever. But, um, yeah, and you can unlock different characters if you uh, uh, get different achievements. Sorry, I, I lost my train of thought for a second there. The characters are tied to achievements. So if you beat the game, you unlock um, the, the serial killer in a cop uniform, which has different um, abilities. You can put handcuffs on anybody, and then if you kill someone and the, they see the body, the cop will arrest the person you put the handcuffs on. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's geez. kind of neat. <laughs> There's a ninja you can unlock, but he's not very fun to play as because if you get seen at all, even if you haven't killed anybody, you get arrested. Well, that's, you know, you gotta be a ninja. You can unlock the uh, the girl for uh, normal play. You have to kick somebody down and then uh, and then stab them. But that's quite useful because if you get caught and somebody runs to the phone, kick them and they forget that they've run to the phone when they wake up. Oh, well, that's, that's how so it... That's, that's a neat little exploit. And the one I haven't unlocked yet is the serial killer with a chainsaw. Oh, that would probably make things real quick. Uh, yeah, I, I believe you can get absolutely absurd um, times on levels. This would be a pretty good game for speedrunners, I think, because they could all like, test themselves, like who can complete the levels the fastest. I can't complete the fast at all. I'm too nervous. I'm too <laughs> damn nervous. I'm like, I can't kill this guy. He's too close to that witness. The cop will arrest me. So I have to just like wait 30 minutes <laughs> to finish the level. Are the uh like the, the 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 party participants like patterns? Are they like all randomized and stuff like Hotline Miami? So like you can't like yeah just, yeah. There uh... are certain scripted events. Mm-hmm. There are certain scripted events, and you can actually trigger certain scripted events. Like there's a DJ, and then if you press um, space key or whatever your controller equivalent is uh, next to the speaker, a conga line will start, and they'll start going around in a line. <laughs> I never found that I never found that particularly uh, useful because. Um, if you stab the back of the line, you'll immediately get spotted. Oh, well, that's a bummer. Just go up to the front of the line with a chainsaw. Then as they come towards you, hey. That would be a, f- a more fun game, I think. Yeah, that would be pretty cool, actually. But one thing I do like is that with Steam games and achievements, I always like it when the achievements are something that you have to go out of your way to go and get. They're not like natural progression through the game. Mm. And Potty Hard does have that, that you actually get an achievement for starting the game, which is yeah. adorable. <laughs> Every Neptunia game has that. Hey, you press start. Good job. Yeah. There's a bit you turn the game on. And it's like, achievement a lot. Start party hard. Like, okay. Thanks for that. I, I think that's have. just the developers want to make sure it works and they don't want to do any additional gameplay. They don't want to do any R&D? Yeah. Well, it's just like, look, let's just test the achievement works. You press start. Okay, it works. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a pretty easy thing to kind of just plop in to make an achievement for, and then... But then yeah. you've got achievements that you really have to work, to work hard for, like you, you've got to kill an entire level of people without ever being seen, like, without ever, a body being discovered. That's really and the cool. Best, 
the best way to do that is to use the traps and like throw them off the side of the boat or throw them off the side of the roof so the body can't be seen. Mm. If, they, if they leave a blood trail behind, like they get run over by a car, they don't get that doesn't count as a body, funnily enough. That's well, it's not really technically a body. <clears throat> yeah. Also, there's a bear with sunglasses and a tie on, which makes it the best game ever. <laughs> That's fantastic. But that bear screwed me over on the final <laughs> level because it ran for the cops. Wow. And I was like, are you kidding me? It doesn't even have thumbs to grip the damn phone. How can it ring for the cops? That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's not how the real world works, video games. Get your act together. But it, it won't be for everyone, but it's a, it's a pretty fun strategy game for the for the amount of time it lasts. And I've unlocked one of the uh, bonus levels. i still got five to unlock, so I'll be going back to it. Sounds like it's actually got a pretty meaty-sized uh, amount of content, really. Yeah, it's 12 levels, including the bus, which is just a freebie. <laughs> that sounds actually not too bad. Like, you know, I guess the comparison that I heard earlier of, like, Hotline Miami, but not good. Sounds a little unfair, actually, having heard you go over the mechanics now that, like, you know, all the characters have different abilities and different ways to have to approach things and all of that. It doesn't sound terrible at this point, I don't think. The weakest part is the plot. Yeah. But that's Just not like bad at all. Just like Hotline Miami, the weakest Just like part. Hotline Miami, which I haven't played. But... Cool. Party hard. Andrew WK approved. <laughs> I knew someone was going to bring up that reference. Well, you have to. You have to. Yeah. I mean, it, it's his trademark, and like anybody mentions Party it's, Hard. It's by kinda... Tiny Build Games. They have a they have a tendency to make games that I enjoy playing, like Speedrunners. Speedrunners is so cool. I yeah. wish I, I wish I had friends that I could play it with, but I don't have friends. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. No. Which begs the question: What I'm doing on this podcast? But anyway, okay, I only invite my worst enemies. Yeah, we actually hate each other. Yeah, terribly. We hate each other a lot, don't we? We sure do, mate. <laughs> Government. Now that's a fake British accent. That's a... That right there is the fakest British accent I could have... <laughs> I'm not your mate, chap. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're listening to the stereotype hour here on the song. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about you being in Britain is I had an easier time getting somebody on this podcast from fucking Japan than I did having getting you on this podcast. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You should be. I'm sorry I have a life. <laughs> um, lives, God. Yeah, they're overrated, aren't they? Yeah, I, I just tad. So what else are you into? Well, I've been playing down well extensively. Oh, fantastic game. I know you mentioned this on your uh, Game of the Year uh, Sotscast. Yeah, yeah. This is such a good game. Your achievement tells me that you finally cleared the fourth area. Yeah, I did that yesterday, in fact. I was like, okay, what's to come next? (laughs) What's to come next? It's an Eldritch Abomination. That's (laughs) what. It's it's an absolute insanity at that point. I haven't got to, uh, I haven't managed to beat it yet, but I will. It's one of those games that I can play in my, uh, like, I've got 20 minutes spare, I can boot up uh, Downwell and have a session on it. Yeah, like, a run of Downwell will not take you more than 10 to 12 minutes at all. Mm. Like, whether and you're again, living or dying, you're just like, you're in there, you're doing it, you're done. Yeah, and again, I appreciate that some of the achievements are just, like, natural progression, and some of them you have to go out your way to. I got the one where you have you can't touch the floor at all. Wow. And I felt so good about myself. That's so freaking hard to do. I know. 
And the I'm com- the combo on- ones aren't that hard to get. You can you can get all those in Area Four real easy. Yeah, because that whole level is just hey, you know, you're going to be comboing all the way down. You there's I hate no that way. Level. It's it's a nightmare. Which one is for? Uh, this one, it's Limbo. Uh, I didn't get to show that one on stream because I only got to the underwater area yeah. when I streamed it. But Limbo is basically like you're falling and you've got to keep hitting deg- debris and there's no ground at all. And there's oh. just red enemies everywhere. Yeah, those are the ones you can't jump on. Yeah, it, it is. Really? It is a nightmare, but it is also simultaneously like the coolest damn feeling thing in the world. It was the way I got the 30 combo. Achieved. Yeah, that's how I got it. And then was aiming for the 100 and then got sniped. So that didn't happen. <sighs> oh, well. It is useful that you can actually stop the counts, like suspend it by going in the, uh, in the secret areas. I like shots. that. I really like that the game actually stops and gives you a moment to breathe. I think that's really smart design. Because if you couldn't go in them, it would probably be impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd just be... It'd be about as cheap as, like... Um, like, Nuclear Throne has a sort of similar mechanic where you get sucked by a portal into the next level, but that portal sucks everything in that is close to it. So, but, you know, the gameplay isn't suspended, obviously. So, like, when you get sucked into the portal and a car gets sucked into the portal, the car blows up and you die. Oh, Nuclear it's, Throne. Uh, that happened to me, and I almost put my controller uh, the I, I saw the I saw the broadcast. <laughs> I, I, I had a run... Uh, I want to say it was a few days ago where like I was at the end of area six and uh, I killed a dude and he dropped the car and uh, the car got sucked through the portal with me. So uh, it killed me on my way to going to the palace. And I was Uh, just like, fuck you, you piece of shit. That is cheap as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't see why that's a thing that should be happening in that game. That's real cheap. That just I seems have... like nothing you can do to stop that. There isn't, because once you're in the portal, you can't move out of it. Besides, yeah. like, always kill the last enemy really far away. Yeah. I have nuclear front on my laptop, but I'm too frightened to open it up. Because <laughs> it's... Your uh, trials and tribulations of that game. It's a nightmare game. Like, I can play that game way better when I'm not streaming it and talking. <laughs> it looks fun, don't get me wrong, but I'm... I'm terrified what it's going to bring out of me it'll bring out a demon inside you you never knew existed all the salt in the world basically oh you <laughs> you will be living in the salt mines for as long as, you, as you're playing that game but hey it's just like down well and that like it's you know whether you're winning or losing it's only gonna take 10 minutes to find out but down well really frustrates me that's what, yeah yeah it doesn't frustrate me either because it's just i don't know there's something really awesome about like like, like, it's just so crunchy and just so, ah, uh, everything feels good. And usually if you die, it's your own fault. Absolutely. There's not, there's not a lot of things wrong with that game. Like, I, there are a few hitboxes I will, cont- like, I will, I will argue with. Um, but other than that, like, that game's just, like, Spelunky on crack, minus all of the intricacies of Spelunky. <laughs> That's probably why I love it, because I, yeah. I love Spelunky HD. Oh, and I've put many, so many hours into that game. Yeah. Uh, I should go back to that as well, by the way. But um, no, Downwell is, it's not like a successor, but it makes me feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, I love it. Mm-hmm. And it's progression system. You know, you keep unlocking, you know, new character types and new palettes to play in. It's really cool. Uh, 
the pellets are not that great. But... I, I don't know. There are a few of them that I really like, but um, some but... of them I, I I basically blind until I turn them off again. Yeah, yeah. There are a couple of them that are just like, what were you thinking? Like, fair enough. The game was not developed with me specifically in mind, so they they're trying to please all tastes. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. Some of the really cool, like the the Virtual Boy, uh, yeah. tributes. That's really awesome. Like the Game Boy one too. Yeah, and some of them are just like um, they ch- swap out the red for blue or green, and that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah, yeah. But then some are like, I can't if it's called Snowstorm or something like that. It just wipes out the screen pretty much. Like, yeah, oh. yeah. It's hard to hard to see anything. It's like a three dollar game. Why doesn't everybody fucking have Downwell at this point? I know. Rhett, why don't you have Downwell? I don't know. I'm dumb. You're dumb. You, you don't are... have Downwell, Rhett. You are dumb. He's so dumb. Oh my god, everybody. Tweet at Rhett and tell him he's so dumb. You know what it was? It was last day of the Steam sale, and I had like a buck thirty in my wallet mm-hmm. on Steam, and I'm like, oh, if I sell a bunch of trading cards and get two bucks, I can buy, buy Downwell, and I, I didn't manage to do it. I was going to do that, but then Gesh bought me Downwell on Christmas Day, so I didn't need to buy uh, Gesh, Gesh got around this holiday season. Uh, he was a, he's a good dude this holiday season. He I mean, is. Yeah. When's he going to be on the podcast? Oh, my God. <laughs> If you think you have a problem with my time zone... Yeah, I was just thinking, like, what, what time zone is Germany in? Six hours ahead of you. Okay, that's not too bad. We could still so make bad. that. We could still make that work. Would it be seven uh, with daylight savings time? Maybe. Possibly. You'd have to is wait that... till, like, the summer. But... Yeah. But, yeah, no. damn well, fantastic game. <laughs> yeah, Fantastic game. game. So it's fair that Rob brought up the, uh, the, tr- the selling trading cards on Steam mm-hmm. to build up his wallet. Because I did that with a bunch of trading cards I didn't have any use for. Mm-hmm. Also from the winter sale. But I didn't buy down well with them. I bought the next game I'm going to talk about, Guacamelee. Oh, dip. That's another great game. You were only playing awesome games. What the hell? What can I say? I have good taste. Yeah. Much but, better than uh, John. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be so angry now. What are you? I doubt. Oh, he ain't gonna listen. He's not gonna listen to this. That British guy's in there. He only he only listens to the episodes of the Sox cast that he's on, and he cuts all of us out. He makes it. He makes a personal edit for himself where it's just him talking. (laughs) He is definitely an oss. He's Australian. (laughs) That's uh, yeah, because no, he's not Australian. (laughs) No, Rhett, he's an arse. Oh. He's an ass Australian. He's an ass. Yeah, <laughs> I like how I can't tell the difference. <laughs> oh, this is get used to it, folks. Steve. This is get used to it, folks. This is the gag. This isn't xenophobic at all, is it, Steve? Uh, <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. <laughs> but yeah, I, I haven't played too much of Guacamole yet, but it is another really good game. I have to be careful here, because I know Freezing Inferno got bleeped out when he mentioned a certain word, so I'll try and skate around it. Oh, oh, this game is yes. so freaking blatant with its Metroid references. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Metroid, yeah they even have Chozo statues. Yeah. yeah, it's not even... But they call them Chuzu statues. <laughs> they think, oh, I know. The the, uh, the copyright department, how are we going to get away with this? I know. What an extra row. Give that man $10 bonus. Yeah, but then you've got, like, uh, the third Neptunia game, which actually just has Metroid Caves. It's like, <laughs> you don't have a license to say that! Well, they're kind of Metroids in Downwell, too, but they don't call them Metroids. No, they don't, no. 
So what do yeah. you think of Guacamelee so far? So far, it's pretty darn good. I mean, Rhett's already mentioned that the Metroid references. Mm-hmm. But also, um, there's, there's a lot of outside references, and there's a lot of uh, humor that I personally, I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I quite like the um, the goat sort of mentor. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he starts off as a goat, then you smash a statue, and he just transforms into Goat Rafiki. Yes. <laughs> and teaches you uh, various different moves. I think my personal favorite character is Combo Chicken. Yes. <laughs> just because he's called Combo, Combo Chicken. Combo Chicken, I mean, that's... <laughs> It's like, why has that not been a Mega Man X Maverick yet? The, the villains aren't that... So far, they haven't been that interesting. You've got uh, Kalaka, which is the... I'm assuming he's going to end up being the, the big bad of the whole uh, game. Unless they pull a twist at the end and someone else is pulling the strings, but I doubt it. You've got uh, Jaguar Javier, I think mm-hmm. it's pronounced. I think it's Javier. Sorry. Jaguar Javier. Jag- Jaguar Javier. <clears throat> I can't speak anything over the English, goddammit. <laughs> and even just, then, and even then, like your English is really bad. Yeah, we've already established this several times. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to keep establishing it because that's the only joke I have. You knock yourself out with that. So, <laughs> oh, I certainly will, love. <laughs> uh, there's um, I can't even pronounce her name, but there's a sort of witch lady who's shown up twice so far, and she has crazy hair. Yeah, she does have crazy hair. She's basically Isma, but not an old crone. Yeah. From the Emperor's New Groove. Yes, I knew. I knew, like, love that movie. R.I.P. Earth, forget. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got Flameface, mm-hmm. which is just what oh, it's thin. <laughs> I really like him. Yes. I haven't seen too much of Flameface. You will. I've only like got up to the first boss, which is this gigantic beast. <laughs> which they really do a good job of building up, actually, because you see it and then it wakes up, but you're out of the way, so it can't get to you. Yeah. And then you fight the thing, and oh my god. <laughs> that game's reason, real difficult. There's a reason there oh. is no achievement on my list that says, you have beaten the Alabadje, because I haven't. <laughs> he ate me for dinner. Yeah. yeah. That's, that'll, that'll usually, you know, one-way trip. He ate me with some fellow beans and a nice Chianti. Good stuff. <laughs> he wrecked me, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I... If you haven't figured it out, I'm not that good at video games, guys. It's okay. I don't know. You got to Area you... 4 and Downwell. Yeah, you got to Area 4 and Downwell. Yeah. Red, Red hasn't even cleared Area 1. Red hasn't got the game. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to it, fuck it, you it, up here, dude. Yeah, well, I, I do get to a point, mostly in games, where it's something just sort of clicks. Mm-hmm. And I get better at it. Like, not world beta level, but I, I get better at games. And mm. I can't reach that Downwell. I haven't reached it with Guacamole yet. You'll get there. You'll get there. Guacamelee is definitely really tricky, though. Yeah, it like when you start getting to some of like the crazier platforming bits later, you might you you might be tearing your hair out. Quite possibly. I need to thank Raquel, by the way, because she she got the game on, and I saw it on her Steam, and I thought, well, I've, I've had Guacamelee Gold Edition in my um, wish list for like a year now. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what the difference is between the Super, Chem- uh, Super Turbo Championship Edition. They they can do a Street Fighter thing, basically. Yeah. Uh, and the gold edition turns out quite a bit. Really, like full four-person multiplayer is in this new version. Oh my god! But why would you want to do that? Well, I'm not going to use it. But if I ever have three people over, which is very unlikely, <laughs> the option's there. Yeah, like you have no friends, dude. Come also, on. it was <laughs> it was cheaper than the gold edition. Yeah, yeah. 
in the in the sale. But um, they they did do something that I'm not a huge fan of. It said in my uh, in my wish list that right, Guacamole Gold Edition on sale for one for one pound forty nine. And then I click on it and it says uh, it's on sale for about a pound. I was like, okay, that's strange. Oh, they're listing the bundle. Oh, gold soundtrack super championship. Yeah, but you only need one of them. Yeah, you don't need both versions of that game. No, so I just bought Super Championship. I might go back and get the soundtrack. Yeah, the the soundtrack the soundtrack is really good. I love what they did with it. And I do love the references because um, I'm Polly knows this, but I'm kind of into watching wrestling. Y- yeah, uh, and this is the bit that Freezing Inferno was really helping. I ended up talking about. <laughs> go <laughs> like, for it. To be honest, it's like saying, "Make sure you bring up the wrestling." Make sure, okay, I'm bringing up the wrestling, dude. Hang on. So I watch it. I, ha- I don't watch it as much now because I've kind of gotten fed up of the way that they, they do it. Because there's one guy now at the top of, of WWE that they just push down everybody's throat. Mm-hmm. He's basically a Samoan who's related to The Rock, but he's not The Rock, but they think he's The Rock. Oh, that's not John Cena. I thought you no. were going to say John Cena. I was like, oh, that's like only wrestling thing I know. <laughs> John Cena. No, it's not John Cena. This guy's worse than John Cena somehow. Oh, no. whoa. Yeah, so I've not been watching it all. I did watch the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed the Royal Rumble. I thought that was pretty darn good. But, um, yeah, that's kind of why I got into, into Guacamelee, because there's not enough wrestling games that aren't just wrestling games. Like, there was a, there was a platform... That, sorry, there was a beat-em-up on uh, Game Boy Color that I played on my channel a year or so back, which was terrible. Oh, yes! I watched Betrayal. it. It was yeah. awful. Terrible. It looked... I tried to do the best I could with that game, but, ugh. Uh, trying to work with the material you're given and when the material is that bad that you're given yeah. to work with, ouch. Yeah. I tried to jazz it up with some outside music, which I think people appreciated. Yeah, but, um, that, that helps a bit, definitely. You, you do the best with what you're given. Yeah, yeah. That'll be my excuse in a few weeks' time when I fail utterly on the... Uh, just like play random the music. Just, yeah, just like play random music. Yeah. I'm just gonna in like, place of my commentary, here's 10 minutes of, uh, of Undertale music. I'm just going to bust out my fart piano, and that'll be my commentary. Instant, really. instant victory. I'm just like, hey, that, that, that first prize is already mine. Just Wrap up like, the competition, everybody. Send, send it on over, Zellas. <laughs> it's going to be a saga game. <laughs> but I, I, I appreciate the controls, and the bit that I've liked so far on Guacamelee the most is when you have got to round up the chickens. <laughs> And you really do do it in the most violent way possible. Yep, yep. You could suplex a chicken into the pen. Which is fantastic! Yeah, catharsis right there. It's like if you thought if you thought Sobin in Final Fantasy VI, if you thought him suplexing a train was to shit, wait till you suplex the fucking <laughs> chicken. You can suplex the chicken, you can suplex the skeleton. I haven't done it yet, but I'm assuming you can suplex the big beast in <laughs> Boss. I was kind of too busy being devoured by him mm. to try it out. That'll definitely put a stop to any uh, suplex shenanigans you might have. Yeah. Suplex City, we didn't, we didn't visit, unfortunately. But, um... Oh, that's the other game that it, that it reminds me of, or references. Uh, I'll to the past. Yeah, yeah. It does, it does the dark world, dark world and light world um, aspect, but it does it really well, actually. The way and... you can kind of, like, flip back and forth between them at will. Yeah, there are portals like the land of the living and the land of the dead. Mm-hmm. Because spoilers, you die. <laughs> like the yeah. first two yeah. minutes. You you confront the big boss and it's, it's like, take this, he just zaps you out into into oblivion, basically. But then you find a luchador mask and you uh, you come back to life. 
I love how pathetic the guy starts out in that game. He's just like sulking around. He looks like the yeah. saddest sap ever. <clears throat> I, I would like to think they named one so they could make a one scene uh, mm. joke. That's, uh... <laughs> God, I wonder. Is, there might be a one scene joke in there. I don't remember. It's been there a long time be. since there I played be. that game. There actually wasn't. There really was a character called One Cena in real <clears throat> life wrestling, but it, it was just John Cena in a luchador mask. Oh my god, that's pretty that's, great. Yeah, it never made it never made the television, unfortunately. Oh, they didn't. He'd been fired, I think. I mean, it was years ago, but he'd been fired in, in the story, and so the idea was that his Mexican cousin, Juan Cena, <laughs> had come back to avenge his honor, but he never got the television with it. I would. Wow, I would. I would definitely have. Used and instead, they just did the thing, that. right? You're, you're fired, but you can come back and defend your honor, and then. He completely destroyed the guy that had uh, got him fired in the first place, and uh, all was right with the world. Unless you're not a John Cena fan, in which case, sorry. Sorry about your damn luck. <laughs> the Dark World thing did throw me off a bit, because there's a tutorial when you first meet the skeleton, generic skeleton enemies. There's like a shadow guy who says, right, you've got to roll into the swipe to beat him. Um... And so I thought, that's how you beat them. You don't. You go to the light world and, and beat them up. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm there like two, two minutes. Like I'm rolling into the swat and nothing's happening. What the hell's going on here, game? I think I made the same mistake when I first played it. <laughs> and then I asked the uppercut into the portal. I was like, oh, I'm an idiot, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. But uh, that's a game I'm, I'm hoping to play a lot more of in the near future. Yeah, if, if it's already tickling your fancy with its humor and its gameplay, like, I've no doubt at all that you're going to love that game, like, from start to finish. Yeah. And the final game I'd like to bring up, if I may. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I've talked way too much already, but don't worry, you'll, you'll get a chance to get a word in Edgeways in a second. Don't worry, we've had, oh, a guy, oh. we had a guy on here talk <laughs> about Monster Hunter for 90 minutes once. Did he work for the Monster Hunter company? No, no. He just He's talked about trying. Monster Hunter. He just talked about Monster Hunter for ninety minutes. Well, I'll, I'll try and keep my uh, my talk on this game short. Then it's sashimi. Sashimi. Sushi. I, I can't say it. I like that damn I fake like, accent again. I really like sashimi. Actually, it's really good. Yeah, sashimi's pretty good. It's um, it's kind of like a shooter, but cross with WarriorWare. Oh, this game. Yes, yeah. this looked really cool. I remember seeing you um. I think it was achievements, or you took screenshots. I don't know, but I no, I I used it for one of my update videos. Yeah, that's right. That's the right. The, the person that really put this on the map for me was CPC Gamer. Oh yeah, that's a cool, dude, right there. Yeah, and, and then it got pulled over to Steam, and again, this was on my my wish list for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And I finally got to uh, to get it at Christmas time, and it's really really fun. I mean, you play as a fish, mm-hmm. uh, but it has a gun, so. Right there, it's redeemed. Awesome. Hey, the nuclear throne has a fish with a gun. Yeah, it does. It does. Fish can roll. I look forward to not uh, to not unlocking that because I'm terrible. Probably going to be terrible at nuclear throne. You you don't have to unlock fish. He's... Oh, is that, a, is that a default character? Yeah, he's like the default. I don't know, Polly. You, you act like I know about video games. <laughs> what do you know about video games? I don't know, mate. <laughs> that went Australian for a second there. What the hell? Wow, that was yeah, yeah. He's See, I, t- I, knew, I knew this accent was fake. He's Canadian. Oh, He's foiled ca- again. <laughs> so the I, mask is slipping. That's why he's so friendly with Fresno. He's actually Canadian. <laughs> Wait. How does that fall? is Fresno. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You've got to the heart of the conspiracy. 
Next you can tell me Kachiri doesn't really have arguments with me on my podcast. Wait a minute. You're arguing with yourself on your podcast. That's why you were so nervous to come on this podcast. (laughs) You're not used to podcasting with people. (laughs) Oh, the secret's out now. So back to to video games. Fish with a gun. Yeah, but you, you can... As you go through the different rounds, the rounds only last about 12 seconds, which is why I compared it to WarriorWare. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get different power-ups that you can select, but you only have like 12 seconds to select them. <laughs> and it gets increasingly vague as to what they do. <laughs> so they can range from anything from, uh, oh, your gun is now more powerful for, for the next round, or now you're in a fishbowl, you, you can take three more hits, or now you have uh, little fish circling around you and, and giving you extra shots. You can change weapons to a machine gun, a laser, a cannon... Are, are there any, like, bad ones you could pick? And I'd be like, oh, oh no, yeah. now your gun just shoot. Just yeah, you farts. can slow down your rate of fire. But that's not... There's two. There's one that just slows down the rate of fire and makes it harder for you. But there's one that sort of, like, leaves the bullets on screen longer, which is actually a help. Oh, wow, yeah. A big help. But then you can uh, flip the camera completely 180 degrees. Oh, that, that wouldn't be... So you're fighting fun. upside down now, or you can have inverted movement. Oh, lovely. Or you're slower. So they're not, they're not all helpful, and you, you have to learn which ones help and which ones don't. You also collect a lot of hats in this game. Oh, hats. Yeah, you gotta have hats. Some of them are just aesthetic, but some of them do things. Like, there's a, there's a big fat cap that sits on your head. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, get that, you, can, you keep sinking down to the bottom of the screen over time. <laughs> so you have to keep correcting your... Uh, your co- you can just hold up if you want to stay in the top, top uh, left corner. But you're still That's constantly fine. being forced down. By a kitty. Aren't... Yeah, yeah. By a big fat kitty. <laughs> and, and there's also uh, guest cameos from other, uh, I suppose you'd call them indie game characters. Commander Video pops up. That's awesome. As a hat. Uh, Whoa Dave pops up as a hat. Whoa. Uh, I, I can't remember what he does. I don't think he does anything particularly special. Uh, and I think Guile's hair pops up as a hat. Really? <laughs> and changes the music. It's so it's but they couldn't obviously get away with playing Guile's theme, so it's just like the most bootleg version (laughs) of Guile's theme. They don't refer to Guile or Street Fighter in any way, shape, or form, but that's what it's meant to be, I think. American fighter, (laughs) American Marine fighter man. (laughs) That's gonna be the name of uh, the next game I'm making, Game Maker: American Marine Fighter Man. So, so what would be instead of the Sonic Boom? What would be uh, the facsimile to Sonic Boom? Um, Aerosmith. (laughs) (laughs) Sure! We'll go with that! (laughs) Aerosmith! (laughs) And then there's a a secret move where uh, Stephen Tyler pops out and screams at you, but... (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's, it's, it's a pretty fun game. It's a hard one again. You have a limited number of lives, then there's a boss rush. Oh, God. Oh, still can't beat that. Still can't beat that. Mm. And there's also a mode where you get one life, and the enemies are a lot tougher. Oh, like so Iron again, Man it's, mode. It's a it's a nice one that you can uh, you can play in like your downtime. Just boot it up for ten minutes. I kind of like that because it's just like like the WarioWare kind of way of making games. It's just kind of like it's not utilized a lot, so you can actually get away with doing something really cool and innovative like that, like on the PC or something, because like the WarioWare formula hasn't really been copied very well anywhere else. And then when you start mixing in 
or specializing with genres like that, like a shooter or something, you you can really start doing something really interesting with a genre that's not been done before. Yeah, I called it like like Warrior Wear. Maybe it isn't, that isn't the uh, exact comparison, but it's the closest I've got. It's it's what it seemed like to me from just having seen videos of it. It looked very Warrior inspired. So, and Warrior Wear is a great series. And anyway, absolutely, so. absolutely. So yeah, you, you can't really go wrong. Go on, right? Do the power ups you get like stack in any way, like between round to round? Some do, some don't. So the uh, the school of fish, the, the little five fish, they stay with you until they get hit. The fishbowl uh. stacks. Oh, you can also get the the bounty castle, which means that no enemies can hurt you. Oh, that's cool. And that's an achievement. If you can if you can uh, not hit the ground more than six times, you get an achievement for that. Hmm. Uh, but yes, yeah, some some do stack and then some don't. It'll always tell you. It'll be either be infinity hmm. symbol or a one heart. Hmm. For one round. The weapons always um, are infinite until you change them. That's cool. And you actually get them powered up after you go through the first loop of the game. Oh, it loops. Yeah, you beat the final boss and then you get a a cape Mm -hmm. and all your weapons are powered up. But the enemies come at you harder and and faster now, so it balances out. The enemies come at you faster and harder. (laughs) Yeah. There's actually a lot more achievements than are actually on Steam (laughs) in the game. Oh, wow. But only like 12 of them count on Steam, which is strange. That's weird. I've got most of them, but some of them are quite difficult. Like you've got to take out f- 10 enemies in a row with two cannonballs. Hmm. How the heck you are supposed to do that, I've yet to figure out. Do it on the third loop, wherever there's like more enemies. Yeah. The bosses also loop after the, after the first loop, but they're again, they're stronger. Hmm. So you have a submarine, then you have a dragon, and then you have the, the final boss. And then when you've beaten them the first time, you go through them again, but they are tougher. Gotcha. And then that 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 was what plays into the into the boss rush mode and makes that so difficult because you've got to be all six bosses without dying. Mm, like only the... way I've been able to get to remotely close to it is to get a fishbowl. Ah, uh, yeah, like and that's said. RNG. Yeah, and even then I failed. Mm. That's which is bummer. annoying. Yeah, that's, that's the last two achievements I need to get. <laughs> I try and complete games. I mean, I don't get a chance to play a lot of games sometimes. Mm-hmm. So the ones I do, I've been playing, I try and play through to complete completion and then move on to the next one. Yeah, get your money's worth, you know, obviously. I've it's... got far too many games that are just like laying there half completed. Oh no. On my hard drive. I will come back to them someday. Yeah, okay. we, all make, we all make that. <laughs> we all make that promise. Don't worry. Speak to me again in 2035. You'll find I've probably completed <laughs> half of them. There you go. That's what we're all going to be like. <laughs> I mean, I've bought like fifty more. <laughs> yeah, it's like this. This game pile it doesn't it doesn't go away until you die. Basically, you're never going Ugh. to get. You're never. It's it's like student debt. You're never getting out of it. <laughs> oh, don't bring up student debt, please. <laughs> if there was ever way to, to make uh, somebody from this country regret going to university, the word student debt will cover it. Oh, believe me, it applies here as well. I got so lucky because. Um, about the year after I left, it went up to nine thousand pounds. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. tuition fees. It's like nine thousand pounds. That's like thirteen dollars. Yay, our government! By which I mean <laughs> boo, our government. But <laughs> yeah, fuck you, David Cameron. It wasn't actually him. It was oh. the previous government. Oh. oh, or was it actually? It could have been the coalition. I was about ready to go. I was about ready to go all in on him and his pig fucking ways. And the, and the pig, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna break out the big guns just for you. I don't know, Paul. I don't think I've heard nothing about this pig in the past six months. Yeah, he uh, fucked a pig. 
Yeah, we're bringing out in references. He uh he put his dick in the pig's mouth, and somebody took a picture of it. Allegedly. That's the thing; it's never actually been proven. <laughs> I know, but I think it's, just it's one, like one guy. One guy had a had a vendetta against him, so he published uh, allegations that may or may not be true. And everyone's like, "Oh yeah, the prime minister did that." <laughs> we don't <laughs> know, but you know, fuck him. It's My like... God, like the way the way tabloids work over there, and the way information and shit like that gets <laughs> so thrown out of hand. It's um, so much more crazy than it is here. Like, it's still crazy here, but, like, it's mass hysteria levels over there. And yet, and yet, for all that, you still have Donald Trump, so... Yeah, that's a good uh, point. I, I think you've got a spate. You got a real good fucking point. I can't argue back against that. I can't even throw up my, my brilliant accent to, to taunt you. Like, I can't. It's, <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't even be fair. Because you're fucking right. You win that round. But those those are the games I've been playing in the past couple of weeks. I think you'll agree they're pretty good. I think you've got a fine selection of games. What you got against 3D games? Nothing. Oh, I just God. don't have the time to, to play them yet. And also, my laptop's not got the most power in the world. Mm. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I'm noticing like these are all sprite-based. Yeah, Rhett, like, what, right? Rhett, what do you have against Raniac for just wanting to play what he likes to play? I tried to play Star Wars Battlefront 2 and the damn fan overheated, so... It's like, Rhett, we can't all go out and buy fucking $40 Jonathan Blow oh, games as soon as the day they come out. $40 what? $40 Jonathan Blow games. Oh. The Witness. Yes. We can't all do that, Rhett. I God. think we might be getting to that later on. Speaking of, Rhett! Hi. What are you doing? Uh, so one day this week, my that's, internet went out. That's boring. <laughs> You're boring. Okay. We're just, we're just cutting my bit. Yeah, we're just Molly, kidding. what you been up to? Uh, I'm just kidding. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, just go with it. That was the shortest seventy Sotscast history. <laughs> it's like, right, what have you been playing? Oh, nothing much. Right, what about you, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably going to be my my segment, actually. <laughs> so my internet went out one night, and I'm like, well, this sucks. I've got nothing to do, and I'm like, I can't be checking twitter every few minutes so can't play pso2 can't play pso2 i'm just like well i got steam i guess and i decided to play a game that i've been meaning to play and a game that doesn't save so you have to do it all in yeah. one go <laughs> yeah. so i played swrjst dx selective memory erase effect that game's pretty good that's a lot of initials there yeah that game it stands for sort of justice deluxe yeah <laughs> sort of justice that game is fucking weird. <laughs> it really is. Like, yeah. it's hard to pin down because it does so many things. It's so weird, and I don't really have that much to say about it because I'd watched your stream before, and, like, once that game started to get really weird, like, I intentionally didn't look at the story bits because I'm like, oh, shit's going down. Like, I want to experience this myself later. Mm. But then the gameplay stuff is just really weird, and... What really struck me the most is how, like, it seems like it's in a hurry to get over until you get to the very end, and then it just drags out yeah, the last, like, like, hour. Those, those last levels, especially, like, the underwater bits, well, are just, even... they're just, the, those were, those were the, like, the worst parts for me uh, uh, towards the end of the game, where it just felt really long and drug out. The underwater is actually the third world, though. That's at the very start. 
it's like the first two worlds are relatively normal, and then all of a sudden you're on a boat fighting icebergs, and it's like what? Oh my god! That, that... all of a sudden you're on a boat. <laughs> yeah. The, the boat levels. Oh my god. I remember that from your stream as well. Those almost yeah. those almost ended the stream for those, me. Yeah. I was get I was getting pretty angry. <laughs> that one. That's the salt mines again. <laughs> yeah, right back, right on back. So like for a while, like every level is different. Where you're fighting icebergs, then you're underwater, then you're there's like levels where. Like they're playing with shadows, and you're an outline, and you're on a minecart, and the minecart boss also sucks. Oh, God. The, the entire minecart area, because yeah. it's all random. Like there's no so pattern I, to that. I figured out how to cheese that part, though. Oh, really? Is I was screaming at you in chat when you were stuck on that. I'm saying, Polly, the the rocks aren't random. Really? They, because the, they look random. The rocks from the side are random if they're going to be high or low. Mm -hmm. But the ones that drop down on you, uh -huh. they always drop directly above you. <gasps> oh. so, so if you, once you dodge the first one, if you go all the way to the left side of the screen, you're fine. Oh, wow. It's super easy. <laughs> See, like this would actually, like yeah. if, if I actually paid attention to chat yeah. when I was streaming. <laughs> but I didn't even realize that until like 30 seconds before you finished. I'm like, oh, well, okay. But it's super evil anyways because they start you in the middle of the screen for that round. And yeah. the, so the first rock will drift left and like totally just fuck your plan if you're trying to move to the left side. Yeah. But like – so like the middle four or five worlds are super diverse. And then you get to the last world and it pulls this weird trick where it doesn't keep going back to the menu screen. Mm -hmm. Like to show you how much levels you have left. Yeah. And it does like eight in a row. And yeah. then a boss, and you're like, oh, I'm done. And then it goes back, and you're only halfway through the last world. And you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah, that, that surprised the hell out of me, too. Because that... I thought, like, oh, well, we're either at the end or close to, oh, oh, so okay. For some reason, pulls this trick of, no, you're just halfway through the last world. And then there's, like, eight more levels and another boss. And then the whole weird psychedelic platformer part. <laughs> that, that was weird. <clears throat> Even... Even I had a real hard time seeing those days. Yeah, like was that like, was that played weird. hell on my eyeballs. Yeah, <clears throat> so I failed there a couple times, then I beat the game, and yo, that ending. That ending, something. <clears throat> I was like, oh, what? Yeah, it's really weird, but it's that is, good. That's a strange game. I, I that game is better than it has any right to be. Honestly, that it's, that's it's, it's it's weird. It's weird, but I honestly thoroughly enjoyed it. Despite the parts that I didn't enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> you were basically spending just a cute game with a kitty, weren't you? And then you got yeah. that instead. Yeah, like, I wasn't sure what I was expecting. I was just like, oh, hey, here's this random thing I got in a bundle. Let's stream that. And I thought, oh, I'll play that for 30 minutes, and then we'll do an Isaac run. And then we just ended up doing the whole fucking game in one go. Yeah, it's so weird, because <clears throat> you play as this, like, cartoon cat samurai with the sword, and you're just going around slicing stuff. But then the story is about this girl who's, like, trapped in the data memory banks of her pet cat. Yeah. And you're trying to escape, and then it gets evil, and there's, like, yeah. an evil version of you who's laughing at you. That's right. This game, like, everything reminds me of Undertale now. <laughs> this, game, this game felt like going through the No Mercy route, basically. Yeah, And yeah. it made me think, is there another ending to this where, like... Because all the bosses have a 30-second timer on them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what if on the first boss, you just don't kill it? Is it just going to give you a game over? Or is there actually a pacifist route in this? I don't know. And that, I don't... that would if... be absolutely worth going back to that game to play. Yeah. But I know that there's not, unfortunately. Yeah, unfor 
That's what I figured. I didn't look it up. That's it's... what Undertale's done to us as gamers now, by the way. Yeah. How yeah. can I beat this without hurting anything? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to murder! I want but to the... be a nice person. Like, I want every game that yeah. I play now to have a hug button, but Valkyria Chronicles doesn't have a hug button. Oh. has a hug button. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were making... Boy in a Blob has a hug button. Boy in a Blob has a hug button. It's the most, <laughs> it adorable, does, yeah. it's the most adorable little animation you ever did see. <laughs> but yeah, this game makes you feel real bad for killing everything oh, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just goes in on it, too. Like, that last speech by the fake you. It's just like, yeah, you're really fucking awful for doing this to us. And then, oh like... God, the bosses. <laughs> every time you kill a boss, and then... Oh, my they, God. They give their little exhibition dialogue... <laughs> But then there's this long pan of their orbs. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, it's so the goddamn, the goddamn dramatic pan shot over the boy. It's so weird. It's so good, though. Seriously, like, I, like this is a game that, like, I absolutely will stand behind as, like, you need to play it. It's really, really interesting. And I think it's better than, like, what it presents itself to be. Oh my god, the death of that yeah. dog broke you so hard. Oh <laughs> my god, it was like that's not I don't want that. Dog driven, no <laughs> <laughs> I miss Dog Drummer. I just love the idea though, of just recuperating everything to Undertale. Just cause three kinda like Undertale. Gravity Rush, kinda like Undertale. Kinda like Undertale. Yeah, it's kinda like Undertale. It's like Rhett's new thing. But this one definitely was intentionally guilt-tripping you, and it felt weird. Yeah, yeah. That's new 100 video series. It's kind of like Undertale. It's kind of like Undertale. Just find like every game you can and find a way to tie it to Undertale. Goat Simulator. It's Goat Simulator. It's kind of like Undertale. Hey, you could do Pacifist. You could do Pacifist. Oh, it has goats, right. Yeah. I let the obvious reference out of Silver Plus, and you whiffed it. That's right. He's kind of... Come on, Rat. Like we said, like, like you know, early on, like we said in this podcast, Rhett's kind of dumb. You can't see me right now. I just, like, got my hands up the screen. Come on! Like, <laughs> like, like, so, Rhett, you were telling us about your Torio costume that you went to the con in? No. <laughs> oh, God. Don't even. <laughs> Do you still have that guy's wallet? <laughs> no one's going to get that. No, they're not. <laughs> But For that's why reason. I love our stupid podcast, because it's shit only we'll get. I think I might get it, just for the, the fact I'm laughing my head off over it. If it's what you're thinking about, you're probably yeah. right. You're probably right. It is. I remember him tweeting about that. I was like, hey, so this guy's walking. <laughs> to the Toriel cosplayer, who I got a blowjob from. <laughs> Do you still have my wallet? <laughs> There's so many things with that sentence. Wait, the the you forgot the kicker though. Do you have my wallet? It looks like an NES. It looks like yeah. an NES. Like every word in that tweet. It's so oh my god. <laughs> we have fun. We have fun. No, I'm I'm just I'm just prone to laughing insanely for no apparent reason. <laughs> It, it, it comes to being British, don't you know? That's it. Right, right. I see. I see. Yeah. Well, that's why my cast is villains all the time. <laughs> what else you doing, right? I've been playing a lot of PSO 2. Oh, really? So, do-do-do, it's time for your PSO update. Um, I finished the episode 3 story mode. Mm-hmm. 
and I wanted to tell you what happened, and I'm like, oh, should we do this on podcast? And then you're like, Absolutely no. Absolutely we should. But then I started to kind of come down on it. I'm like, man, that was that was really stupid. Oh, no. It's just, it's good, but I think episode two was kind of the high point in my eyes. Like, I know Sayara and Chelsea were really hyping up episode three for months, and then I'm like, yeah, that was, that was okay. All right. Basically, have you seen Madoka Magica? Absolutely. They copied that to a ridiculous degree. Oh, well, that's that's less exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I love Madoka Magica. I think that show's great, but... Yeah. Like, if, if your thing is just like, we're just going to do the same thing they did. It's really similar, so... Oh, yeah, with, like, the time travel stuff. So, yeah. Oh, God, that's how they gave themselves an out to do it. Yep. <laughs> so the, in episode one, what you're doing gameplay-wise is replaying these story missions multiple times to get the correct outcome. Oh, my so, God. So your character is established as having time travel abilities for yeah. some reason. Yeah. So the big conundrum in that game was in in the very first mission, like, you just do it normally the first time. Then you rescue Matoy the second time. And then, like, the third time you meet Persona. Mm-hmm. who I think wants to kill Matoy. And at the end of episode two, <laughs> you, it is revealed that Persona is you. Yeah. <laughs> and then in episode three, Matoy gets infected by darkness and becomes profound darkness. I don't and... have my fart phone nearby. But <laughs> if I did, I'd be playing it right now. So, And I didn't even catch this at first, but then Sayar is like, just replace Dark Fowls with Witch. And it's... Oh, my yeah. God. So, it's so but, obvious! So Matoy was, like, this perfect warrior designed to kill Darkers. But when yeah. she does that, she absorbs the darkness herself. Yeah. And eventually she did too much and became Profound Darkness. So then Persona, who is you, from a different timeline, is like, yo, we gotta kill her. And yeah. it, so you're like, okay, and you kill Matoy. <laughs> <laughs> I think my and eyes closed over from the from the words from another timeline. Sorry about that. Yeah. So it, it can, makes it, it 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 makes sense that your eyes would glaze over like that. Believe me, it gets pretty silly. So you kill Matoy, and it cuts to credits, and you're just like, "Oh, that sure was episode three, huh?" And then there's an after credit stinger where you walk away and turn into Persona. So now you're the bad timeline version. Oh my god. Oh. So then Xion is like, there's another way. So you replay that mission again, and you're going, and you go, no, I'm not going to kill her. So you fight Persona, and then you fight like a miniature Profound Darkness version of a toy. And then anime happens. And <laughs> there's lasers and shit. Anime happens. I, it, it gets, it's really freaking, it's a spectacle, like lasers and shit. <laughs> the, the bad thing is you said anime hams and I knew exactly what you were talking about yeah, yeah. <laughs> DBZ happens where like Matoy gets separated from the darkness or whatever and they're shooting lasers at each other but basically Persona runs up and absorbs the darkness herself oh god so now yeah per- Persona Persona is becomes the yeah, profound, darkness, profound darkness which is your character <laughs> that's kind of amazing so, so we've had darkest timeline, we've had heroic sacrifice, we've had character villain becomes main character. Is there any trouble this game does not touch on? <laughs> and so, when you actually fight profound darkness now in like with a multi party 
with other people, mm-hmm. they changed the ending of it to show your character for your when you're playing it. See, yeah. like that's that's kind that's of cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, like I like that. That's pretty. That's rad. not bad. And then there's an extra cutscene after that where Shao and I forget who one of the other kind of navigator characters are saying that Persona regained themselves briefly during the Profound Darkness fight and used their power of time travel to revert to an earlier state. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh my god. How do I explain the game mechanics with narrative? That's the crazy thing, is that they've always tried to do it, where it's like, Dark Val Zelda ran away to fight another day, so that's why you keep fighting him over and over. But this one straight up shows Nibiru's, like, exploding the planet and, like, profound darkness coming out of it. And then when you beat the fight, it literally plays that in reverse. And oh shows my the planet God. healing back up, because time travel... Oh, my God. I have a question about this, Rhett. At any point, there's a picture of Shadow the Hedgehog superimposed over the, <laughs> the Earth show up. That'd be pretty great. <laughs> so yeah, then they're so talking... They're talking about how now Persona is trapped in this, like, endless state of becoming profound darkness, being defeated, and rewinding it. And we've got to find a way to break them out of this loop. Oh, my God. And I don't think they're going to do that because Episode 4 happened and then, like, throws everything out. Oh, wow. Okay. Where episode oh, <laughs> Episode 4 is uh, basically Independence Day because it's Welcome to Earth. Episode 4 starts with your character waking up and being told they've been in cryogenic sleep for two years, and they lost their memory. Oh my god! So I'm just like, you fucking jerks. We have no idea where we're going with this story, so we're gonna delay it a bit. I think that's the thing, is that episode three, for the most part, was the culmination of everything. Like, that kind of feels like the end, because it's tying into stuff from episode one, and like Yeah, it's like that entire, basically, it's a trilogy of sorts. Yeah. There was really not anywhere else to go, and no, there's some other stuff like with Affin's sister makes mm-hmm. an appearance and stuff, and like they tie up most of the loose ends like in a fairly satisfying way, as much as you can for an MMO that can't actually end. Yeah, <laughs> and then episode four happens. You were in cryo sleep, and then you go out on a random mission with some kid, and none of the shit is translated yet, so I don't really know what's happening yet. But then he, your partner, suddenly disappears. And wakes up in our, on Earth. And he's naked for some reason. It's really awkward. And then he's like in some high school girl's dorm room. And she's screaming. And then like zombies kick down her door. Oh and this, is, uh, this is the best part though. She was playing PSO2 on her laptop when this happened. Your character jumps out of the laptop. Oh my god. I'm sorry, did I miss it? Did we just to a completely different thing yeah it's a completely different thing uh your character jumps out of the laptop i swear to god that's what happens and i'm just like what so it's the last action hero but with game characters they're nice. just re- really trying to tie this to the fucking pso japanese cartoon aren't they <laughs> so apparently the cartoon takes place in like earth 2028 mm-hmm. or maybe 2027 and the game stuff takes place in 2028 like it's a year later so that's why your character has been asleep for two years Ah. to kind of advance the timeline but i have absolutely no idea where they're going with this because now they're like earth is a parallel universe that they can connect contact through this video game what is going on (laughs) 
This is the dumbest fucking thing I think I've heard in a while. This is a complete load of bollocks is what it is. Exactly. I'm I'm with Rainiacs. It is a complete load of bollocks. So yeah, it it's so vastly separated from everything that came before. People are pretty upset. Is episode five just gonna do like the, the bad time travel Doctor Who thing, which is like <laughs> no this actually ever actually happened? <laughs> we just go back to a previous point in the story. This never actually took place. Nothing yeah. took place. I hope because so, they've yeah. done that three times in Doctor Who and it pisses me the hell off. <laughs> That would be great, where your character is just like, you know, fuck this, and just rewinds time to back. They did it in Sailor Moon, for crying out loud. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> anime's hell. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So, the new field on PSO2 is Earth, and it's really silly. It plays J-pop music the entire time. Oh. With, with vocals. Oh. So I have taken to turning the music in the game off entirely and just playing Dream Theater during it. I remember when they fucking started doing that shit in PSU where, like, some of the levels would just have Ugh. J-pop songs with vocals. I was like, stop it. Stop really? it. I actually don't remember that. Yeah, there, there were some areas on New Days that had, uh, like, that, hmm. it was like. It must have been in the expansion. because it... it might have been. I don't remember. I just remember thinking, oh, good. The game's singing at me. This game that I really don't want to be playing is now singing <laughs> at me. <laughs> Yeah, the new field is super stupid because it takes place in Tokyo, mm-hmm. but the enemies are like T-Rexes and mining <laughs> equipment and like construction vehicles. And there's a tank and a helicopter and the boss is like a, it's called Train Ghidorah, where it's like oh a, three-head, a three-headed Godzilla monster made out of bullet trains. Train Ghidorah? Yeah. Really? I mean, that might just be a shitty translation, but probably not, because Japan little... No, Ghidorah is a Godzilla thing! Yeah. Probably not, because Japan. <laughs> oh. That's an explanation, that works for me. <laughs> because Japan. Because I just don't think Japan knows subtlety, like, they wouldn't make a pun out of the name, they just call it Train Ghidorah, because it's a Ghidorah made out of trains. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like, they just made Train Ghidorah. The the translate I will give this on the English translation though they translated one of the mission names as like a new phantom menace because oh. the enemies are known as phantoms. Oh. Get out of town! Out for that one. Get I'll... out of town. <laughs> so that's your PSO recap. Good lord, this game just gets stupider and stupider. Yeah. The character comes out of the laptop. Hook hook. Hey. Is that really as stupid as your character is the embodiment of all evil now? I, I kind of like that better than hey, I came out of a Yeah, I actually like that way better. Yeah. Thing, episode 3 pissed me off in that they have this really cool villain, Double, mm-hmm. who is like hyped up as like the source of everything that's been r- going wrong. Where like, they were really the one pulling the strings behind Loser and everything. Mm-hmm. And then you fight them and they just go out like a bitch. <laughs> like... It's completely anticlimactic. Because their whole thing was they wanted to revive Profound Darkness, so they were they were hunting the other Falses down and killing them. Yeah. And then they give all that power to Matoy just to be funny. <sighs> like, what? Why'd you do that? <laughs> they huh. eat you at one point, and there's a new level in there that is only in the story mission. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, great job, Sega, making a level for this one area. Yeah. 
Why do they call it the matter board? None of it matters. Oh, they got rid of that. There's the storyboard now. Oh, it's just the storyboard now. It's so silly. Because it's just how it should have been the whole way, where you just click the cutscenes and do it in like 10 minutes. Yeah, that's... They're just lot. all right next to each other, and you don't have to physically travel your character around. Oh, God. That was super, and it was so pick up stupid. items. There's a cutscene with Lisa on Earth, and she looks real happy to shoot stuff down there. Well, like, just give Lisa a gun. She's happy. <laughs> so speaking of characters voiced by Kana Hazawa, or I don't what? know how to say her name. Right. I've been playing a lot of Neptunia Rebirth 3 again. Still haven't beaten that yet. <clears throat> I'm real close now, though. I was in Chapter 5 before. Now I'm in Chapter 8 or 9. Oh, yeah, you're getting there. I have access to the six optional dungeons. Okay, yeah, you're definitely... I did, I did one of them, and like a regular enemy was as strong as a boss I've been fighting. Yeah, I, I just basically ran from everything. So I ran past everything else. And... and then got to the end to get the scene, and then... Yeah, that's yeah. all I did. <laughs> that's all I did in that chapter. I avoided all the encounters entirely. <laughs> but uh, I really like that game. That game story just starts really going places. That's really yeah. pretty cool, and the way they start tying, you know, like, like I think for like two and, and and a lot of three, they kind of felt like they were discarding a lot of the whole console war aspect of that game and its story. And they start really bringing that back uh, with the lore and. Uh, oh, see, I, I don't think I've gotten to the what, what oh, you mean. You're in. You're in for some really interesting stuff. I just got uh, PC back. Aww, that was a really good scene. Yes, it was. I like how Anani Death is just like, hold on, we need to see which ending the player is getting. <laughs> It actually does a check there and boots you to, like, if you're going to the, like, the game's true ending, it actually does a check there. And if you don't, then, like, something else happens in that scene. Yeah. I wonder how that game wraps up. If it just ends right there, if you don't have the items. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I like, I didn't want to because, like, the story was too good. Like yeah. I, I, I don't. I'll, I'll look it up on YouTube later. Or something yeah. like, what's yeah. the normal ending? Because there's like normal, good, true. I've heard normal, normal, good, normal and good endings are just garbage. Oh really? Yeah, I've heard like the normal and good endings are just complete garbage. Because the normal ending, if you don't have Bishi, would seem like it would be total garbage. Mm-hmm. Like, oh nope, the seven stages win. <laughs> yeah, I've. I, that, that's what Ashley told me is that like the normal uh, and good endings are just terrible. And they're not very long at all, whereas, like, the true ending is an entire other chapter. Oh. Yeah. I might might go for the good ending Mm. my first time. Because I did that in the others, like, in Neptunia 2. I was like, well, let's just get this one first and see what it is. And, yeah, it was garbage. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, Neptunia 2 is also a whole extra chapter and a half when you go for the true ending. Yeah. But yeah, that Rebirth 3 is just such a huge step up, I feel, from the other two. Yeah. Like, in just quality of, like, the writing and, like, the plot and, like, it's just a really good game. Like, I really like how they spend an hour at the start to have a prologue and, like, actually have stuff take place in the hyperdimension before. Yeah, before throwing you back in time. Yeah. It was really smart of them to do that. Hmm. Because it establishes so much there, and, like, it's exactly what the second game didn't do. Yeah, yeah. Where the second game literally starts in a new dimension with different versions of these characters, 
and goes, oh no, Neptune's been kidnapped, now you're playing as a different girl who didn't exist in the other universe. Yeah. It's... And it's just like, if they had just taken like an hour to do a recap of the yeah. universe, like, it would have gone so far. Yeah. And then, yeah, because Neptunia Rebirth 3 just seems to have much better pacing like that, where it knows, like, hey, we need to slow things down once in a while. Yeah. And then I really like the first couple chapters where it's just like you, Noir, and Plutia, and it really gives those characters room to breathe. Yeah, they give room to breathe. Their chemistry gets built. It's really, yeah. it's really cool watching like Neptune mm-hmm. kind of like fumble her way through a new world in just typical Neptune fashion, and just taking everything as lightheartedly as you would yeah. expect her to. Yeah, all the stuff where she knows these characters, but they don't know her. Like, yeah. that stuff's all extremely good. It's like, really well done. I love when you visit Loie and Vert is there. And she's just like, hey, Vert. And Vert's like, what Ooh, the hell? Who the are fuck they? are you? And then she, like, immediately blows her cover as a CPU. Like, yeah. it's really funny. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> so the first few chapters does really kind of have this arc to them where it's all building up to that confrontation in Loey, mm-hmm. and like even the dungeons actually kind of feel like dungeons for once especially Loey castle like Loey castle's really cool actually felt like a proper dungeon and it kind of made me sad that the game kind of slips back into hey yeah. here's just the same dungeon again hey here's that factory you guys liked so much in the first i was games. so mad when it pops up this icon, <laughs> Anani Death's Lab. And guess and, what it is? And then when you see them talking, it's this big flashy background. And then you go in there and it's the same fucking factory again. <laughs> yeah, for, like, in case Rainiac doesn't know, like, these games are kind of budgety. Uh, so they reuse assets a lot, including entire maps. Like, not just like their assets and the things that are used to build them like they just reuse the entire map as a new dungeon okay many times over the course of this series and though we make fun of it it's actually kind of just stupidly charming at this point for some reason (laughs) it gets kind of it's kind of me bugging in this one bugging me in this one because there are so many dungeons once you start opening all the optional ones oh yeah and I just, I don't know why they feel the need to have so many and then use the exact same sprite or, like, map for them. Because sometimes, like, the cave one will have, like, a tiny little difference between variation, yeah. but not enough to where you're actually going to get, like, think thinking it's a new map when it's, like, 99% the same and, oh, there's an extra turn here or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just think, like, they could make way better use of the dungeon plan stuff if... Instead of having, like, three dungeons that are all, like, three dungeons with, like, level 10 variation, level 40 variation, and level 70 variation, (laughs) just use the dungeon plans to have those and, like, maybe label that stuff a bit better and have different enemies in each one. Because instead, when you, like, unlock a dungeon change, it's like, oh, yeah, here's the exact same enemies except for this one super hard enemy that's different. Yeah, that's all that really changes, that and, like, the gathering stuff. Yeah, they're too similar, it feels like. Because there's so many on the map now. And it's just like, oh, here's four factories in Lay Station. Yeah. And... Like, like we, by the time you get to the end of that game, like, your ma- like the, the, the dimensional maps are so freaking flooded with, it's, with icons. It's ridiculous. It's really silly. <clears throat> and, like, here's Xbox Land. It's just a bunch of fields that are exactly the copies of each other. Yeah. Like, that stuff's kind of a bummer. But 
the story is definitely carrying it. And I've been playing the entire game with uh, the Fortify enemies on thing, mm-hmm. except for one <laughs> boss I had to turn it off for. Oh. Cut, and it almost broke the game for me because this boss, even after I turned it off, was super fucking hard. Like, by far the hardest guy in the game so far. And that was copy-paste in Chapter 5. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, that's a nasty fucking fight. And I also made this mistake. So Chapter 5 gives you a bit of non-linearity at the start. Yeah. Where you can choose to go to PlayStation, Lowy, or Xbox. I forget the name. Um, and Leanbox. Leanbox. So I went to Lowy first because I wanted to get Blanc, and so because it's non-linear, like you kind of feel the difficulty on each of them is going to be the are going to be the same, but whichever one you do first is going to be the hardest because you're the lowest level. And that guy was fucking difficult because he's a tank, big tank character. Yeah, I just literally couldn't damage him. When you get and like when you choose your route, there you can't go back. Yeah, and uh, so it wasn't even letting me out of Lowy. Yeah, like, once you're there, you're there. So I have Blanc, and I have to beat this dungeon, and I could grind in this dungeon, like, I am leveling, but it's just so boring, and I'm just like, I cannot beat this guy with... You know what you do in situations like that, though? You just turn on the super EXP up plan. I really didn't want to do that, so I finally just said fuck it, and I turned off Fortified Enemies, and I beat him, and I turned it back on. Yeah, I kept I kept fortify enemies on until that boss fight. And it was just like, oh my god, yeah. this is a nightmare. Like I am getting one shot, no matter what this guy does. Yeah, to me. he was just one shotting Plutia, no matter what. Yeah, like even if I put her across the map, like nope, she's dead. Like what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's real ridiculous. <clears throat> I think I'm not sure. I didn't, can't confirm this myself because I did. <laughs> Lean box. I cannot remember that name. I did that one last. Apparently, Vert won't leave your party if you do that one before the others. Oh, for real? Yeah. I think they did that because since she's the last one you get, if you really want to use her, like they'll let you bring her into the other nations. Because uh, you yeah. haven't had much playtime with her yet. That would That's actually be, be that would be pretty handy. Yeah. Because I don't like using Nepgear, even though she's really good. Yeah, Nepgear is stupidly still very powerful in that game. Have you, are you finding the the same thing that I found with this game? That like a lot of the returning characters are just completely weak. Uh, not really, because well, which like, characters do like, you like, like uh, Red, Adult IF? Yeah, uh, I haven't used them at all. They are so weak compared to everybody else that you have. Like, even their upgraded equipment just does not put them on the level to make them worth being in the party. Hmm. <clears throat> I didn't really notice that, but I did notice that, like, the stats on the DLC characters are completely fucked. Oh, they're general. ridiculous. Where, like, the uh, the oracles Oh, seem, they're, they're like, broken as fuck. Comple- yeah. Like... They start with, like, end gear equipment. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're starting at, like, a thousand attack. Yeah, And it's yeah. like, it's where I'm at now. My other characters have about a thousand to eleven hundred attack. And I look at them, and they're like, even with their default weapons now, they're like, seventeen hundred attack. I'm like, what? Yeah, like, it, it bummed me out because, like, I really like Kay, and I wanted to have her in my party, but it's like, yeah. this this isn't fun. Like, I can't keep doing it. This is boring. Yeah. There's a fight really early on against R4. Mm-hmm. Where, as a joke, Plutia leaves the party. Yeah. <laughs> but then when she did that, it swapped in um, Histoire. <laughs> and I used her special, and it almost killed our. F- 
it almost killed R4. Yeah. Even though that's supposed to be a fight you lose. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, man, if I grinded like 10 more levels, I could probably win this unlosable fight. And I wonder what happens. And I don't think anything does. Mm-mm. I might have actually done it and nothing changes. But yeah, that, that's how strong the DLC characters are. Where yeah. They will very easily win unwinnable fights for you. They are busted. I love when you can win fights you're not supposed to. Yeah. That's oh, great. There are some games that like that have fail saves for that, and like they they actually have like um, really cool items. But then I've seen a lot of other games, which is the, the case for most games, especially from like the SNES and PS One yeah. era, where if you tr- like where if you are able to win those fights, it just completely like the game doesn't know what to do, and it's just like uh, uh, it's itself. Final- Final Fantasy IV doesn't know what to do. I've, I've yeah. seen games softlock as, as a result. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, like, was it Skies of Arcadia that gives you something if you win a fight like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chrono Trigger I, has a few fights that you're not supposed to win either, where you actually uh, will get uh, a reward for doing it. Cool. Or you can beat Lavos at the very start and get a developer room. There you go. So the only DLC characters I'm using are... Little IF and Little Kampa because they're because no- they're awesome, and they're adorable, and then the story said, "Fuck you, we're changing the rules now, though." Yeah. So <laughs> I started using them in Chapter Five because there was a time skip, and all of a sudden they went from babies to little kids. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to use the little kid versions in my party now. Yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> that game is so goddamn weird. You it's very li- it's very liberal with its time skips. They skip ten years in that game, and all of a sudden, Kampa and IF are now adults, and you're just like, "What? With- what? Yeah, it makes no sense at all." I, uh, it's weird because they're kind like, of sh- under the you know like under you know like the goddesses you know these years yeah. mean nothing. But it's so weird for like, are you telling me that Plutia and Neptune have been just fucking around in this world for 10 years? I thought the first skip of three years was absurd. <laughs> and then they all oh, know 10 years. What? It's taken you 10 years to make a phone call, Eastwar? <laughs> it's it's really silly. But despite that, I'm like, no, I'm going to keep using the little kid versions because they're cute. And I don't want to. They're cute and adorable, and the adult versions aren't very good. I didn't even notice that. I was just like, no, I've used them in the last two games. I'm going to do something different. Yeah. And little IF has this amazing buff where she has like an AOL, AOA 50% heal. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, I can just use you as my healer now. Yep. And, and like throw her into Awakening, and she has like an actual Awakening she can cast on herself as well. She can be a damage monster. Yeah, but not... In a broken way, like some other characters. Not broken, but like I, I, there were there were certain fights where she was out damaging my CPUs. Really? Yeah. Jesus. She can be a freaking monster. Yeah, I've just had her in the back healing most of the part now. Mm. One thing I don't like is it was very late in the game when I realized how to unlock EXE attacks. Yeah. Which is you have to use a hundred skills with each character. Yeah. So I had only done that with Plutia. So my entire battle plan, the entire game was get the boss down to guard break, mm-hmm. and then have Neptune and Nepgear do a combo attack, and have Plutia, Plutia do her. her um... and that was that was every fight. 
that's basically that's... how I handled most. Like, I didn't get my first EXE attacks until around Chapter 5. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking, like, I'm on Chapter 7 and still, like, doing that tactic. And it was just kind of getting boring. It's just like... Yeah, I can see that. But but but, but then again, I felt like the first two games relied a little more, a little too much mm-hmm. on having to use uh, the EXE attacks as well. Yeah. But now it's like I don't ha- feel the need to just be constantly pumping SP boosters onto Plutia. Yeah. So that's like my entire battle plan was just like guard break, have her do the thing, guard break again, have her do the thing again. Yeah. <laughs> like with everyone just throwing <laughs> items on her. Because I'm using a lot of items in this game because. You kind of have to with the way its yeah. play style's changed. Yeah. But I like that. Like it's actually a pretty decent RPG this yeah. time. I, I like the I like the, I like the way they kind of like messed around with how you do attacks and how you have to like, you know, like your SP is a renewable resource that you don't have to use items yeah. to get now. I do really like that and how that stuff carries between fights and dungeons where it's yeah. a and constant like, resource. And how it affects your ability to do certain combos and things like mm-hmm. that. I think it's actually a, a, a lot smarter than the first two games, yeah. the way they handled it. It might have been worked a little bit better if you couldn't actually even use SP boosters. Yeah, yeah. I think that, like, the because the, the, those things are pretty cheap to buy once yeah. you get a certain point in the game. Money doesn't become much of an issue at all. Speaking of money not being an issue, why are costumes so goddamn expensive? That I do not understand. I do not understand. It makes, like me, it makes me wonder. Grand. It makes me wonder if, like, those were just, like, all DLC in the Japanese version or something. So, like, they had to, like, make them some kind of equivalent here since they weren't going to sell them as individual pieces of DLC. Like, I don't know. But it's just, like, it's so really, it's really dumb. I don't it like sucks because I haven't been able to customize, like, yeah, at all the I went, game. Yeah, I went through most of that game. I think the only thing I bought was the black jersey uh, for Neptune, and that was it. Yes. Yeah, there's, like, one pair that's, like, 5000 for each character, and then everything else is, like, hundred grand, And then some of the hats you unlock... Through plans are like 250k. I'm yeah, like, that's like it's like I go through the trouble to put the plan together to be able to buy this item, and then it's absurd how yeah. much it costs. It's really silly. So I did all the Coliseum stuff just because it unlocked new accessories. Yeah, I'm like well, finally I get something. Jesus. <laughs> so it's and that, it's so stupid. It's like oh, here's Plutio with a hat that looks completely terrible given her hair color and stuff. Yeah, and her outfit. But yeah. I'm like, I'm going to wear it anyway, because it has, like, plus 10 wind resistance. <laughs> I think I put, like, a pink dress on Vert, and that was about it. Mm. But yeah, that game's really, really good. It's fantastic. And then I got right up to, like, the climax and stopped playing it. So, what do you mean you stopped playing that? Why did you stop? Hi! What the it's f- me. John. It's John. I what? made my tea. Am I, am I ready? Am I on time? Yeah. Uh, uh, Hi, y'all. Yeah, John, yeah. you're right to my me virtual left. He's I've been playing this game a... called The Witness. Have y'all heard of it? Oh, I played that. Oh, cool. Really? How much of it did you play? Over All like five it. days. Oh, <laughs> like like thirty five hours of it. Read it's Jonathan Blow says that it'll take a hundred hours to cover oh. all seven thousand puzzles in well, the Red Red just did a speed run. Like uh, how people oh. do speed runs uh, or quote unquote speed runs of Final Fantasy games and they end up being twelve hours long. Red just did the yeah. speed run, so that that game is actually a hundred hours long. It's just Red's gonna be playing it at, at uh SGDQ. Gotcha. Okay. So what I'm thinking yeah. is that 
I played it for like I think I just checked and I think it's like 23 hours. Um, I didn't quite finish it. I meant to before the podcast. I'm in what I think is the end game area. You're in the mountain. I'm in the mountain. Okay. Some of those puzzles are really hard. But that area fucking evil. So before you two start jerking each other off, <laughs> Rhett, why don't you tell us what The Witness is? Okay. Um, the Witness is the newest puzzle game by Jonathan Blow, who made Braid. And Nothing this else. game <laughs> started development like eight years ago, and it's finally out. So um, if, 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 if what I've heard is to be believed, and this is in your own words, it is a puzzle-ass puzzle game. Yes. If you do not like puzzles, like, do not buy this game, because... So I hashtag had... no puzzles, then no witness. Yeah. No witness the witness. Because I had definitely kind of maybe built it up in my head as something closer to Fez, where, like, an atmospheric exploration game, and it has a bit of that, but it is very much like, hey, here's a bunch of fucking puzzles. And each area kind of has its own gimmick, and will continually riff on that gimmick and twist and invert it in cool ways. So it is similar to Braid in that way as well, where each of the like world in that had a different twist on the time mechanic. And yeah, then... exactly. I think it, I think from kind of playing this game and from watching Jonathan Blow like to do give give a few talks, I think he is really interested in making puzzly ass puzzles for people to. Yeah. Play. I think that is his calling, his reason, raison d'etre. I think that is, and I think that comes through more clearly in the witness than with Braid. Just Braid, Braid had so- a really cool, uh, you know, like narrative going on at the same time. <laughs> Are you being it, sarcastic? It, well, I mean, cool as in it kept things moving in kinetic, you know, in a kinetic fashion rather than just trying to rely on the puzzles. It. There were still threads there that were interesting to explore, you know, in the story while you were playing it. And then you got to the end and was like, well, that wasn't really worth the time. (laughs) I I thought the complete opposite where the dialogue in Braid was just like, I don't know what this means. And then you reach the ending and you're like, oh, that was kind of neat. Oh, yeah. Like I got to the ending and thought, oh, this is this game did nothing for me. But then again, like I'm not a puzzle yeah. game person, so you know. mm-hmm. like I was relying on the narrative to kind of be the payoff because I don't usually dig deep into puzzle games that much. Mm-hmm. Did you remember what I said about often like not feeling good about man angst? No, because I tend to black out when you're talking on the podcast. <laughs> that makes that makes sense. Okay, braid braid is like that. It is that's kind of my rem- remembrancing it. Um, just like the. Yeah, that's I, I feel kind of suspicious. I was going into the witness very, very suspicious, basically, because like I enjoyed Braid a ton for its puzzles and just kind of was keeping everything else about it at arm's length, kind of. And then going into the witness, like I think multiple times before the witness came out, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't actually have to play this dumb game from this guy I don't care about. Oh, that's Woo. right. You ended up buying it anyways, though. And then I bought it the day it came out because you were like, I'm going to play it. And then. I told Anna, hey, why, why do I have this game on my wish list? <laughs> I told Anna, hey, you look, here's a line. Do you see these line puzzles? This is a game full of where you explore a pretty island and do a bunch of line puzzles. And she was like, that sounds amazing. And I was like, I know, <laughs> right? 
If ever there was like an Anna John game, like I knew this was probably it. Yeah. There's a couple there's a couple blowisms you could say. <laughs> blowisms. <laughs> <laughs> and those those stand out pretty gr- pretty blah, but um mostly it's just puzzle ass puzzle game and it's really fun to puzzle through. I <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, you it can be mentally second. exhausting at times because sometimes it just doesn't give you a break between the puzzles where mm-hmm. like some there are a lot of areas where it's just like six panels in a row directly next to each other. And you can even like you can walk up to them manually or when you're on like locked into them, if you just press D, you'll slide over automatically to the next one. Mm-hmm. And just like you could be like bang, 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 or they could like take you twenty minutes each, and then when the next <laughs> one unlocks, you're just like, oh, you know what? I kind of need a break from this. Your your reward for completing oh yes. tasks in this game is just more hardship. Yes, there, the <laughs> puzzle was, unlocked a puzzle. Unlocked that a puzzle. is like the that is like the thread of criti- criticism I'm hearing of this game is. Uh, it's just a bunch of puzzles. The only reward for unlocking, beating a puzzle is another puzzle. But that's the thing. It's a fucking I'm puzzle just like, game. What the fuck are you? What do you want? It's a puzzle <laughs> game. That's what's supposed to happen. Like I don't like. I'm like when I brought that up, I wasn't doing it. You know. Yeah, to, I know. To, to, to make a legitimate criticism, it was just like, if I buy a fucking puzzle game, I want it to be full of puzzles. Like yeah, mm-hmm. like the island stuff is mm-hmm. neat, but I would hope that the puzzles are what carry this thing. Yeah, I think they are, but there are a lot of puzzles, and it's just sometimes <laughs> just need a breather. I mean, pu- so like the I, game, was like played a puzzle game for thirty-five hours. Yeah, like they get incredible mileage out of what seems like a really dumb mechanic, the line drawing stuff. Are they like, all line drawing based? They puzzles? are all, all line drawing based puzzles. puzzles. Wow. See, I thought <laughs> just like looking at some of the early footage of it that like there would be different kinds of puzzles or something. I mean, but it's all are... literally just mazes. But they um they interact with the island, but yeah. So in the context of drawing lines on puzzles, yeah, everything is told through that lens. Your only verb in this game is drawing lines on puzzles. Yeah, there is and moving. one section where you actually walk through a maze in order to draw the line with your body. And that's oh, yeah. I thought that there would be a lot more of that going on. No, there is none. There is you draw the line. Yep. It's, it is so incredibly singular in that way. There's too many puzzles in this game, and that's where I draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, the thing I heard was, like, I wish I could just explore the, the pretty island without puzzles, and I'm just, like... Waiting for, like, an inevitable mod that removes all the puzzles. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was Anna and I's reaction after like 10 hours was like, this is great, but you know what would be great, better if you took out the pretty island <laughs> and it was just line puzzles all the way down. Because then there would be none of this bullshit where you're running around and exploring. That'll be the phone version. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wa- I wanted the, the game, the phone game Jonathan Blow made in six months for two, and put out for $2. I would dig the hell out of that. Um, no, his next game's going to take 20 years to make. Yeah, that was what he said. Oh, like, my God. It's like, dude, get off your high horse. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, hey, making games by yourself takes a long time. <laughs> it so, just seems like a real silly thing to do. I though. know. It's so silly. Yeah, I think I, I think we were being smartasses because I think they sell, they 
do enough to justify the island existing. Yeah. Both. It's not just a way to link the all the puzzles in like an open structural way. It they the puzzles would not work without the most of the puzzles would not work without yeah. the island. There still, are some still makes Anna hella motion sick and fuck that. I think they there's a patch, it might be in beta still, to remove the head bob when you walk around. That's probably what's doing. There's a head bob? Oh, yeah, I didn't that's what's it, but apparently it's really subtle or that's likely still... that's likely what's making her sick. That's because... probably what's making you motion sick, Anna, is the fact that apparently the the camera goes up and down a little bit because you're moving your head as you step. Isn't that brilliant? It it might also be the FOV. Yeah, that too. Never uh-huh. bugs me. Yeah. But Ugh. so there's a section at the start that I think <clears throat> obviously very intentionally kind of lays out the rules of the game and but most people, since you can wander anywhere, won't actually see it properly. Mm-hmm. So, like, when, right when you come out of, like, the very first area, on the left, generally, is a set of panels with black dots and white dots on them. And then, <laughs> as you draw the line, you realize that the rule they're trying to teach you is you have to separate them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they'll have, like, eight on one side and then eight on the other, and you realize, like... You don't have to have all the white dots together. You just have to have them separated from the black dots. Exactly. So it teaches you rules and symbols on the panels will affect the rules of how you have to draw the line. Mm -hmm. And like a huge part of the game is other symbols that do other things and you have to learn what they do. Mm -hmm. And then from the tutorial, also, if you go right, there's an orchard with a bunch of trees and the line puzzle there kind of makes no sense and it's teaching you that the environment can also be the solution to the puzzles mm-hmm. where you have to and look that's at the second trees. thing i did i did all the little tutorial uh-huh. puzzles there and then i went to the trees that's so. pretty perfect it was that, perfect that area is saying hey sometimes the rules are in the environment themselves and you have to look mm-hmm. around it the game kind of plays with that that dichotomy of rules versus environment and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i was and like that, wow this this way they're connecting the environment and the maze is really hackneyed but that's just because they were trying to teach it to you in an obvious yeah, it's, way it's, unfortunately for me i found that area like 20 hours in i was like oh this is super easy <laughs> <laughs> like i had already done like the desert by that part mm-hmm. but well the last one i had to solve with trial and error i didn't realize the joke and then you walk into the area oh, the joke is the, so good though. the joke is it's one of the only like narrative things i get beats i guess yeah and it's really cute actually with the apple i was like is, is there no laser here i need i need a laser come on <laughs> i solved this super easy so like the main goal of the game is every major area has a laser that you shoot at a mountain and then when you have seven you can unlock the mountain mm-hmm. and there's more than seven so i think until the mountain every puzzle and outside of the intro area every te- puzzle is technically optional which yeah. I think is really cute it's funny because it's like there's also a lot of doors that you can open up as shortcuts around the island. And I'm just thinking like this is like the Dark Souls of puzzle games. Because <laughs> you have to solve a puzzle to open the shortcuts. And then it's like, oh, look, it's this area I've already been. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, now I can walk around this place easier. It's, um, it's a cool game. And then there are, really pu- yeah. there are puzzles later on that will use the environment and the rules like symbols and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it gets pretty damn tricky oh god yeah there's yeah were you gonna say something just that 
I've had, I, I'm really glad I got to play with Anna because every time I would get yeah. frustrated, we get a new set of eyes and and vice versa. Yeah, there's a thread on NeoGAF that said like this is actually the best multiplayer game in a while, mm-hmm. where people were just talking about like playing it on the couch with like their friends or their significant other and just like everybody shouting answers at the screen and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's oh, really good a- as long as you can not be assholes to each other. <laughs> yeah. Because we tried playing the Swapper like three years ago, and I was a dick. Fuck you. And, uh... Boom! <laughs> I am with her on this. You completely ruined that experience for her. What? <laughs> How do you know I, that? She, was, like, she spent like an hour solving one puzzle, and then like right before the end, I went, oh, I get it! And then I kind of took the controller and solved <laughs> oh, the last yeah. like step. And, like, yeah. basically walked out the door? <laughs> yep. Didn't she so, vow to never play games with you again after that? Yeah, but then it, it worked out okay. Because this game kind of made... <laughs> I feel like that. It makes sense now. Outside of the fucking motion sickness from the head bobbing or whatever. Also just first-person games in general. Mm. So do you do you have the controls the whole time? Or does no, actually... we've been swapping back and forth. I guess that might make the motion sickness worse if you were walking around and she didn't know yeah, which way it's... you were going to go. Lately, lately, she's just been leaving and letting me get to the um, yeah. puzzle panels. That's why it's so great when it's just like ten puzzle panels in a row. Mm. So um, I figured I didn't beat the game before we got to the podcast because I got stuck in the mountain. I figured that there's nothing completely transformative about the narrative or context in the ending. <laughs> All right, something clever going on. It's not something we could probably talk about on the podcast. No, anyway. no. Do a full-on no. Red, Red told me it's a very, about it. it's a very new game. Like we yeah. don't generally don't. don't talk about games within the week they've come out. No, that's I'll, true. I wouldn't spoil anything like that. Save cool. it for, that, save that it for the. Feel... We'll let you two do a witness spoiler cast. I don't, I don't know what I don't really know from spoiler cast about. I think this puzzle group is fun. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. Fuck Tetris <laughs> blocks. Oh God, <laughs> Tetris blocks are my favorite, though. Yeah. Meanwhile, John is like, fuck that elevator. Fucking elevator. I figured it out and it was still bullshit, by the way. Um, All right. There's this puzzle. I won't say anything about it, but like he was stuck on it for days and I finally got there because I was stuck on an earlier part. But I got there. I took some screenshots. I looked at him and I did it on my first try. (laughs) I don't even Whatever, whatever. It's how like like I think that that's kind of cool though because you know it's 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 how different people see something like that. You I, at... I just got lucky. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought I thought it might have just been like oh well. Red I mean, just well, it's also true. There's stuff, yes, that's, but... there's stuff that's really easy for me and uh, stuff that's really easy for Rhett, and likewise. Oh, yeah, John got to watch me scream at one puzzle in the treetops <laughs> for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite moment, probably. Because I'm just like, it's not this, right? Can you just please tell me it's not this? And he's like, it's not that. I'm like, okay, thank you. And then I finally got it. And he God. was like, good job. But that oh was like God. one of the first things they did. And it was like the 11th laser for me. I think it was like, um, it took us like two minutes. It took, took us like... Uh, oh, come on. Two minutes? No, no, no not two oh, minutes. Oh. I meant that. Um, I meant that we did it. I did over like three hours of that whole area in like three hours. And then... Um, chatting with you about it and you had been struggling on it for days and then all and then you said please tell me it's not this and i said it's not that and then like two minutes later done oh. <laughs> all you needed to well, know you said was... something like 
you just need out need to know how to do that and it just dawned like oh that thing <laughs> and yeah Polly's just like what are you guys moment. talking about this is so bad listening to people talk around this game it, it's it's interesting though because I mean like how else can you talk about a game like this you have yeah. like like with it being like kind of in its infancy and being out yeah. in the public it's only been a week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I really like just geometry puzzles I've decided it's it can be really satisfying because you just have to narrow down like what can't I do for sure and then you can just kind of solve yeah. it from there I'll just keep but, playing Maze Craze on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. <laughs> Because I close minded and dumb. But I mean, also, that definitely yeah, happens to me where you just get fixated on like one idea. That's true. That makes sense. Yeah, Anna's yeah. played it just as just as much as me over like for like twenty hours over the last week. So that's three of us that just got <laughs> entranced by this fucking game for it's days. Pretty good. Which is so weird because I really didn't think I really aggressively didn't care about it. I like, have been so hyped for this for so long. I was total opposite. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. buy games at launch, but shit, I have to know. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I was just so completely disinterested in a thing and then just got <laughs> totally 180. But like. Aura. <laughs> is that our segue? Is that no, just, no. No. That yeah. So that's, the, so that's. Yeah. I have a weird thought on this game, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Undertale. <laughs> I'm not actually going to say it's like, well, I guess I kind of am. Um <laughs> Undertale is a PC game. There are things on in that game that wouldn't fly on consoles. Yeah. Does that it, make sense? It would never pass cert. Yeah. Witness feels like a console game, and there are things about it it compromised in the PC version. And that's kind of interesting to me. Because when you start the game, it just goes, hey, here's your settings, low, medium, high. And you, like, you can't adjust graphical effects you can't adjust like the fov and it's interesting because that stuff is important to the game and like Mm -hmm. when there are perspective puzzles you want to ensure people are getting the correct perspective you know right you can't be stretching the screen in weird ways like it's such a directed experience yeah it really gives me a sense of just yeah not not really giving a fuck <laughs> about you to an extent. It, yeah, I mean, you a lot of people have been bitching about games. the color blindness issue as well. Yeah, you said you said um, how how did you deal with that? You said you solved all those puzzles pretty handily. It seemed like. Yeah, I don't. It depends. I'm blue purple colorblind. Uh-huh. That wasn't an issue. I know mm-hmm. red green is like I don't even understand how that works because those are opposite colors. Yeah, that's so what I was I, thinking. With I some of them, it was like, yeah, with some of them, it was like, I think this should be fine so long as, mm-hmm. since it's just working in these primary colors, but, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. there's other things like, graphical effects are important to this game in solving some of the puzzles. So mm-hmm. in a PC version, if you just said, hey, disable thing, I'm running, disable everything, I'm running it on a toaster. Yeah, disable post-processing. Uh, you can't see this thing now. Yeah. Ugh. 
it's just really interesting to see a game that needs the graphics in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Oh my god. But yeah, the not being able to adjust the head bobbing or make manual save games or um The manual save game thing is fucking weird. I don't actually get that. I'll give you that okay. one. You know, I, yeah, yeah. I thought it was just it, like there's only a load saves. game option. Mhm. Well, it's like, there- well, there's no chance that you're going to get glitched out and save and, and get stuck in an awkward position because we've made this game so unbelievably well. <laughs> so let's just not worry about that. <laughs> and granted, I haven't seen any glitches at all in playing the game yeah, for 23 actually, hours. I've seen no one say anything except for like the performance on PC. How does it run for you? Fine. Yeah. It lags like hell in the middle of the map for me. Oh, because like, when it's loading new areas, uh, so it's just like it stops for like three seconds and then keeps going again and then stops again and then keeps going. It's yeah, like, it feels pretty seamless with mine, at least, which yeah. is really nice because it needs to be. It's just specifically like a little bit north of the town. It just can't keep uploading everything because it doesn't know which direction I'm going to go in. So yeah, it's trying to like sense. keep the entire thing in memory or something. <laughs> God, but like but yeah. most of the game is on the coast, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think I thought for a little for a long time that there was not going to be any dialogue in the game, and oh, they have one. like, yeah, there, yeah. We'll spoil this. There are audio logs in the game. There's like two in the tutorial area. So I found mm-hmm. one of them like super early. I'm like, oh okay. Mm, gotcha. I didn't find them until later on. So I think all of those are super dumb and bad. <laughs> uh, um, I think they I, are a step up from Braid. Because he didn't write them. Yeah, because they're just he's like using quotes just quotes he likes. From, he's using Einstein quotes. Like you can't really fault an Einstein quote. As yeah, much. it's it's just like it just that's those are the blowisms. I thought oh, were just like here's a clip from this. Here's a clip from this Tarkovsky movie. I really like. Oh, here's a here's a big thing having to do with color. Here's an audio log about why color is pretty scientifically. <laughs> like okay dude yeah that um, stuff is silly yeah. there's the one at the top of the mountain that's mm-hmm. like 10 minutes long oh my and God. i'm just like i'm waiting for it to end so i can get back to solving puzzles because i'm staring <laughs> at a puzzle the one that leads to the hexagon and i'm just mm-hmm. like lady can you stop talking i i just kind of want to get back to this it just, <laughs> it just goes on and on and on mm-hmm. well but you yeah. know you can just walk around right and keep listening yeah, to them. I, Okay. But I, I walked around, found it, found a new puzzle, and was like, I kind of want to just solve this in silence, like normal. <laughs> it's like, please shut up. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't turn them off once you've started them. You need I think to you can to go them. back to them and click it to turn it okay. off. Okay. Okay. They just kind of beam into your brain. Like, everything else in the game kind of feels like it exists diegetically. Yeah. And he specifically sense. said that's why there's no music and stuff. Like, yeah. But then they just have these audio logs that beam into your brain, so... <laughs> <laughs> They're like, really, really loud. Yeah. God. I just just want to pat him on the head. And I was like, I'm, it's, it, this, this is cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, the funny thing yeah. is that they got, like, celebrity voice actors. Or not maybe not celebrities, but, like, good voice actors for those. Mm-hmm. One of them is the voice of Ellie in The Last of Us. <laughs> Wow. Why didn't and why didn't they just have one? I don't know. Maybe just make it more varied. But it is cool that they did that. Yeah. Um 
Yeah. I think um, a lot of people brought up the metaphor of, like, the game being, like, the experience of um, working with, like, an absentee mean father who's <laughs> just like, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. You need to learn it yourself, which I thought was really, really funny. And then me realize like, the second we turn on the game, the first thing you do is walk down, like, spend 20 seconds walking down this long metal tube. And Anna and I were just like, it's a dick. And then for the next, like, hour of the game, we were just pointing at things. It's a dick. It's a dick. It's a dick. <laughs> Which You're I... You're real uh, mature, John. God. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first 20 seconds. It's right there. That's, like... That's part of the text, basically. Like, everything else, fine, but... You're ejaculated onto the island. But, anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I react very viscerally negatively to this game starting out. Um, because they all the puzzles are, like, really clearly delineated in this way that feels pretty contrived. Compared to something like Mr. Riven, I guess, is the closest... Um, point. But then also, this game isn't frustrating in the ways that like games like Mr. Riven can be because you know when something's a fucking puzzle and you know I can figure this out and solve this. Yeah. The screens are good because they say there is something here to do, do it. There's mm-hmm. no ambiguity. Because mm-hmm. I beat Mist, but Riven was just inscrutable to me. Like this is knobs and levers, and I have no idea what anything does, and it's just it was just super frustrating for me. Like I never got anywhere in that game. I love Riven to bits. I've only played it for about <laughs> twenty minutes at a time before quitting it in frustration. But I love that game theoretically, um, and I kind of don't like the witness for being ugly in that con- in that way theoretically. But then I played it for like twenty five hours so with Anna, so. I don't know what to make of that exactly. It's like a lot of the puzzles in Mist are kind of contrived. Um, it's like here's a piano and um, here's a book on the other side of the world with um, a music pattern written out, and then you have to play the notes and then slide do the sliders. Um, and then it seemed like Riven was more interested in making the puzzles like fit into the setting. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really smart shift, even if it made it really intimidating. And then the witness is like, "Fuck that." We're going hardcore on the puzzles and fuck all this story stuff, fuck setting stuff. We just need to have a pretty island and make the puzzles as fun as humanly possible. And and I think they succeeded in that sense. It's weird because like 99% of the game is, hey, there's a puzzle here. And then there was mm-hmm. that moment in the treetops area for it's, where for me it's like, where's the puzzle? I don't know how to do this because I don't see the puzzle. Mm-hmm. But that was one specific little thing that felt. And then you life. get to that, and then yeah. you're like, "There's no obvious puzzle. There is no puzzle." <laughs> okay, this was the reward was seeing this stuff. Okay, good. Move on. I was kind of my thinking. Mm. There's a couple areas where you can explore like weird off to the side things, and there'll be little pretty statues or like a couch or something. I. I... <laughs> Wish you could just sit on the couches. I wish it's, you could sit on the couch. It's such a weird, dumb thing. I know. I know. I wish there should achievement for sitting on all, all the couches. You should be able to sit on couches in all games if there is a comfy couch, and <laughs> if there is a dog in the game, you should be able to pet it. Those are just rules. What right? if it's a statue of a dog? 
that you should be able to pet the statue of the dog. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I like the wit. I really like playing the witness a lot. I feel like it's a very kind of formal approach to fixing the kind of inherent problems with the adventure game format. Um, and it's not really my aesthetic cup of tea in that sense, because mm. I wanted, I played Myst and I was like, this is great, but make the puzzles less puzzly. And Riven looks like it does that. I'm really going to want to go play it back and try Riven now. Cause I feel like mm. I can do it now. I feel powered up. Um, and then the witness runs in the opposite direction from Riven. Yeah. It's yeah. Towards clarity and like. It's so funny seeing the negative reaction to it because it's like, yes, I, not, it's been a very positively received game in like the mainstream. I'm talking about you're in just like talking sp- about Austin. No, not <laughs> Austin. He hasn't talked about it. He hasn't talked about it. Um, you talk about like, these negative reactions, and I'm just seeing universal praise. Like you crazy. <laughs> like when you abandon like formal constraints and like teaching teaching a gameplay concept and then bringing it to its logical conclusion and then deep. Be rewarding the player, and then beep boop beep boop. When you abandon that, you um, can make games like Undertale. <laughs> so I really get it, but also I really like the the really tight, cool, good formal games like The Witness. So, and that's a lot of what like you make and what I may have made, and I think that's a legitimate approach too. And I think shitting on that, shitting on a puzzle game for being nothing but puzzles, is really silly. Yeah. I solved a puzzle and my only reward was another puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> so Well don't worry till you get to the end when you solve puzzles and the reward is nothing. <laughs> You're just solving puzzles for the sake of puzzles. God, life is good. Um but yeah, I like the witness a whole lot, and I think you like the witness a whole lot too, and I think Anna likes the witness yes. a whole lot too. So Is that all you've been up to, Rhett? Yeah, that was my segment still. Alright. So, John, I guess while you're fucking here, barging into the uh, the middle of a podcast... Hi! Might as well ask you what you've been doing. Well, you remember English Country Tune? Uh, uh, yeah. The impossible block-pushing puzzle game from hell that nobody could possibly wrap their brain around? Yeah. I beat every single level in the English Country Tune. There you go. Oh, my I God. Felt- no wonder... <laughs> I was re- beating English Country Tune has got one, got is what got me pumped for the witness. Now, what if that game actually took place in an English countryside, <laughs> maybe an island of some sorts, or maybe if the witness didn't have a fucking island and just let you solve maze puzzles, then it might be a really good good game like English Country Tune. Um, oh, but that's no. the weird thing about the witness is that half the puzzles do use the island, so you I can't know. cut it out. <laughs> You can't cut it like out. Like, it actually ties itself to its environments better than some other stuff. Yeah, better than prob- probably... Mi- a okay, lot but of English stuff. Country Tune. English Country Tune, if you played The Witness and you wanted, like, a more coherent setting or whatever, you can go fuck off to Riven or whatever. <laughs> if you played The Witness and you were like, I want more of these fucking line puzzles and nothing else, come down to English Country Tuneville where you can push blocks around and deal with weird eccentric symbol puzzles to your heart's content for like 10 hours or more if it's really hard because it really is. <laughs> I have nothing but contempt for this game and I've never played it. Oh I've played God. it and it's really fucking hard. It's so I told you about the level where you um 
beat where you have to make your own level. You have to make a level, yeah. Where you don't know if it's sol- – and then solve it. Um, and you can't figure out how to make a level. And I just couldn't figure out how to make a level that was solvable. Um, but did you do it? No- you said- oh, yeah. I did actually. I beat every level except for the ones where you make your own levels. And oh. I was like, okay, I'm done. And then like an hour later, I was like, okay, I beat all those two. <laughs> Because I feel like the whole game was basically like getting you to a point where you can do those levels. It was so cool. That's actually the ending of The Witness is you make your own puzzles for other players. It's actually a multiplayer game. <gasps> yeah, there's like The Witness world that nobody knows about. It's just that was like one this, of the negative like, I, I wish that was like, true. This <laughs> whole hub. So this whole hub of puzzles you can go into and you've got to create one. Super Witness Maker. Uh, yeah. Oh Jonathan Blo- would not allow it. <laughs> You would never want that because you can feel like the years of effort seeping from every area in that game and like the meticulousness. And I could just, yeah, there was like a level editor or something. I could see him just like having a (laughs) spasm seeing all the, all the crap. What do you want to think that somebody like makes an iPhone rip off that just uses the same puzzle rule set? Oh God. For like the symbols. Uh, Just like, Hey, here's. Uh, Tetris blocks and like the white and black things. Go have fun. Uh, and the stars. If they do it really well, then I could probably enjoy the hell out of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, English Country Tune is really good. It is just puzzles. There's none of that other bullshit. <laughs> Fuck that. If you want block pushing puzzles and moving around mazes, you got you got it. Um, and it is just perfect all the way down it, i loved all the different mechanics and i loved everything about it and it didn't take eight years to make <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah english country tunes real good and it's the same as the witness where all you can say is just that hey these are really good puzzles and i think that's worth something and i, I looked on twitter and ink repairs beta testing his like second large scale um puzzle game right now and I'm gonna release that soon and I think it's about moving like a sausage around a block world. And that's the other nice thing with like some of these smaller works is that there's no pretension. It's not like a whole new take on Super Meat Boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I beat English Country Tune. Um, I tried out Monster Hunter 4 mm-hmm. for like five hours and was really pumped up and just didn't really click with it at all. Mm. Um, I think, that- the, I th- yeah. That was about my experience with the one on the Wii, where I, you know, like, I killed the Great Jaggy, I did some stuff, and then it's like, eh, I just, eh, just kind of fell off. I like the online was kind of janky in that one. Like, this wasn't the PSO I was looking for. Uh-huh. It's like, if there wasn't, if Demon Souls and Dark Souls didn't already exist, then I'd probably yeah. try to get into it, but they do. So <laughs> it's like, oh, look, it's like Demon Souls and Dark Souls, but it's multiplayer only and the level, there's not really level and design. Vastly inferior. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... I don't really like multiplayer only things. I like single player focused experiences. And <laughs> I really wanted to dig, dig into it. What are you going to say? There's like no enemies. It's just bosses and stuff like 
Yeah, Dark, Dark Souls um, gets value from its enemies, and 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 constantly refighting those bosses for item drops to craft new things that might or might not drop. It just sounds like an endless, tedious grind to me. It's not yeah. even like um, just like really cool bosses because a bunch of the enemy there's a bunch of things where you fight like three versions of they are kind of some basic enemies um but it's not like a shadow of the colossus or anything um i i bet i could really get into this i'd probably need to like live next to somebody who is also playing it at the same time something um this just is doesn't really fit what i need desire right now so um, I sample. I played about half of Ghost Trick, which I think is fantastic. Ooh, game is so good. Yeah. I really need to play that. Yeah, um, it's just I'll I'll dig into it for. We can dig it onto the podcast in depth when I finish the story because I yeah. think it's gonna be hella cool. It's it's got such a fantastic narrative and it's mm. and, the, and the puzzles are really really smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really cute and it's so pretty. Oh, Those absolutely, sprites. absolutely. Ugh. It's like I can't tell if they're sprites or really well done 2D models most of the mm-hmm. time. Like I honestly don't know what they did for the visual look of that game, but it's oh. it's really amazing in motion. I think um Reed and I watched Matthew Matosis. I think he did a video on it. I think he talked about how they did the in depth how they did the um art. Uh, um so I, I didn't watch that because I didn't want to spoil the game though. Mm-hmm. Um I don't remember what I I'll hold off on watching that again until Yeah. Uh, I just don't remember any details from it, thankfully. Every time you guys mention Matthew Matosis, I keep thinking Mixamatosis, Radiohead song. Yeah. And it, that, <laughs> that song just starts playing in my head about the mongrel cat coming home. Mm. But yeah, um, Ghost Trick's hella cool. And Absolutely. I'm re- ready to dig that into depth. I played a bunch more Nep Nep. Yeah! Yeah. yeah. Are you liking I beat, it? I really like it. I beat Chapter 3 and Chapter 4. Good job. Um, so I'm right at the start of Chapter 5. So I'm about halfway through the game, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think I'll be moving faster through it now. I think I've figured out how to get past roadblocks effectively. Yeah. It's um, use EXEs. Yeah. ESE. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Guard, guard, break, guard break EXE drive. Yeah. That's basically it. Um, and, always try, and always save one EXE bar so mm. that you can still do combos to build the EXE uh, gauge faster. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I've been doing. Is there a way to break the guards down faster? Cause it's not really. It's just it just depends on your character and their breaking ability. Really, yeah. like I think the best break move in the game is actually Compa's uh, starting break move. Like that thing just gets so much mileage. Cool. I should. I've got a better weather, um I've got better weapons for her now, so maybe I should try using her again. I've been sticking with the um, HDD characters mostly. Oh, that's, that's totally fine. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. really take that long to break down most. Uh, yeah, I think I just stages. had like one person that took forever, and then I was like, ah, uh, okay. And then the next one was easy. If you want, like, I think Blanc's EXE does a ton of guard damage, so you can mm-hmm. open it with that if you are really lazy like me. Uh, Blanc's EXE also, I do believe, uh, has a turn delay property associated with it as well. Oh, wow. oh right, there was. That's really. I never nice. figured out how all that stuff. Worked. That's how. Uh, that's how I set up. Uh, that's how I basically blasted through neptunia rebirth 2 was that i found that uh neptune break and uh, i i don't know if it's neptune break or her second one uh that um blonde uh blonde's uh exe drive and um uh, 5pb has a uh 
uh, a normal break move that just instigates turn delay. And I, I set up uh, an endless combo where, like, the enemy could never attack. Like, I demolished the oh, final wow. boss. I demolished the final bosses of that game through, like, the last two chapters without ever seeing what they did. Mm-hmm. Oh, Boy, so- sounds like somebody liked that game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I did all of uh, the Big Vert chapter. Um, and um, Oh, yeah, the Big Vert. Big Vert. <laughs> <laughs> She's got big boobs. Cow tits. Oh! Oh, oh my God. Blanc is so mean. Wasn't it Thunder Tits in the, 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 oh, the opening? I think it's Thunder Tits. <laughs> I think Blanc says that, though. And I think that's very mean. Just. I think she's right. I think she's right. Oh, my God. Y'all are mean, too. Blonde's just flat and jealous, that's all. Yeah, I think so. Um, and mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, who... Who's... Okay, it's time to throw down Waifu Wars right here. Uh-oh. <laughs> all right, y'all go first. No, I was just kidding. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> John's totally ready. No, I'm good. All right, so Nep-Nep's... Nepnek's real cute. I can't wait to dig into that um, again after wrapping up the witness. It, every without yeah. fail so far, everything it keeps getting interrupted. Um, last time, last two times with King of Fighters, and then this time with the witness. And I was like, this time I'm not gonna start playing King of Fighters. And then I was like, oh, this game looks pretty. But I think I I was at a point where I was like, okay, I'll just finish this first one so I can get a sense of the zeitgeist a little bit. Yeah. But now I'm like. Enjoying it and realizing, oh, I can play these other ones portably. Oh, and then like thinking hey guys. I could actually. Hey, I didn't say it. Um, <laughs> John has a Vita. <laughs> uh, so I could actually see myself going further into the series after finishing this one, especially if the, it all kind of clicks together nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, the ending, so yeah, the true cool. ending of that game is really, really It's great. really, yeah, you're going to love the true ending of that game. Cool. I'm going to probably it's dig into most, that right after. It's the best Sailor Moon. Japanese Excellent. RPG. Excellent. So I'll get dig into that straight after The Witness, probably. Cool. Um, I listened to the Ziggy Stardust album, because everyone was talking about David Bowie, oh, yeah. and I that, had really nice time with it. It's a fantastic album. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, where would you suggest going next? Just for... Hunky Dory. Hunky Dory. Okay. That's probably my favorite uh, Bowie album. There's a star man. Do, 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 do. Yeah. I didn't yeah. recognize like any of those songs. They must not have that. Wow, game. like those songs really? are like control. Yeah, like that album, like I think Suffragette City. I think I've heard that one. Yeah, Suffragette City's awesome. Yeah, it is. And I think I've heard that I think that was the one I recognized. I don't think the other ones have deeply penetrated into mm-hmm. my pop cultural sphere or yeah, generations just, or like something. Those songs, basically every song on that album is iconic. Okay, cool. Yeah, the last month for me was like, oh, that was a Bowie song too. Jesus, I know a ton of his stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and while we're on the subject, I listened to Black Star as well. Hey, what'd you think? That's really good. It's and it's such a the, fantastic album. That but, last you know, song. Oh, I can't hurts. Give, it really does because it literally is like the goodbye track. Yeah, it's 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 rough, but mm-hmm. it's it's such a point. Like like I said on the previous podcast, that album is so poignant and so interesting. <laughs> when you and then look there's at "Tis it. a Pity She Was a Whore." Yeah, "Tis a Pity." <laughs> <laughs> it's so 
stand out. <laughs> but but it's a very Bowie thing to do. Like it's very still like hey, like this is a song in the spirit of the kind of stuff he used to write, you know. But then you've got all of these other meaningful tracks that are very much mm-hmm. confronting death and in such a very first person unafraid unabashed manner that's just so striking and so unnerving but at the same time just very beautiful yeah definitely gosh so that was really cool kind of plugging into that and i this time last most recent listen i actually heard the lyrics in five years at the beginning awesome shit oh so good uh and then just one more thing ann and i went real deep um Oh okay. my! Well, oh. Is, this, is this a sex? <laughs> is this a sex podcast now? Okay. Technically, I just remember that we went real deep into Harry Potter because we went to Universal this oh, weekend. Oh Jesus! And um, <laughs> and um, we got to see um, a bunch of casting or a big cast interview thing where like our favorite characters, um, Neville and Luna, were there. They're they're actors and actresses there. The characters themselves weren't there, although it was felt pretty close. Um, Cho Chang, uh, Rupert Grant, and Ginny's actress. Did, did 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 Daniel Radcliffe take out his penis? No, Daniel Radcliffe didn't take out his penis. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was in a play where he did that. He was in a play where he did that. Okay. Um, and yeah, they were all really fun to watch and just very comfortable, and that was very enjoyable. Um. So probably so probably worth being really late. Um, <laughs> I think we were recording as you were doing that. I think so. Oh, yeah. Weird. Um, well, that was pretty great. That was pretty awesome. Um, and then before that, when we got back from the first Universal trip, we just got home and didn't really have any responsibilities going on. So we just dug real deep into Avatar The Last Airbender again. Um, and How many times we, is that when you say again? Well... At a certain point, it stops being like a rewatch and starts being we just have this playing all the time in our house while we do things. Um, so it had been like several concerted rewatches of focused rewatches and then just here's the thing to le- let's watch Avatar and play The Witness. Let's watch Avatar and um, I do English country tune puzzles. Let's watch Avatar and do these other things. Um, so... We watched through the whole series again, um, and then Anna, and then we were like, "No, no, we we started at book two, and then watched through book three, and then we were like, you know what? Let's watch Korra and give this a real shot." And for me, because Anna had already watched it and really enjoyed it, and um, and I had a nice time. Um, we watched we watched through all of Korra. Um, I watched. I'd only seen the first two series, and the second series is kind of the low point for that uh, show. Definitely. So I had left off on a sour, sour ass note, um, and I had very mixed feelings about the first series, which is really fun to watch. But I just don't think it fully comes together as a story at the end. There's some beats at the end that are just really unearned, and it just kind of leaves me feeling a little hollow, even though it's kind of a blast getting to that point. Um, it, it's fun, but hollow. That's a good way of yeah describing it. Like yeah. if don't think about it too much, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And it's not even just the dumb stuff like um, how do these mechanics the show these mechanics don't work this way, so you're just kind of. But you didn't even try to explain how they work this way, 
and that's irritating, but really it's just that it doesn't work emotionally fully for me, um, which just makes the dumb mechanics stand out that much more, you know? Yeah. Um, second season's really boring, um, just for most of it. I think they got different... Um, apparently, um, the creators of Avatar wanted to make a um, live... Ac- a, not live action, a, um, car- a theatrical adaptation animated adaptation of their second graphic novel, The Search. And Anna and I also read all three of the canonical sequels to Avatar, the um, graphic novels, which we really enjoyed. And the second one is all about Zuko's mom. And they wanted to do a movie based on that. And it was a really good comic. And instead, um, Nickelodeon decided to extend Korra from a 12-episode miniseries to a second season. And I kind of am wondering if they were really sad about that and kind of shirked off some of the creative duties a little bit on other people as a result. Um, because that, that series is, that season is mostly pretty joyless aside from the really good two episode avatar one stuff that is completely separated from the rest of that kind yeah. of, um, and by those two people they, and by the co-creators. Um, and that's probably the best part of the whole show really. Um, and then, but then the season finale is just really dumb and sad. Uh, it just gets but season like, three. Yeah, season two leaves off like a really the best parts of Avatar: Last Airbender make us think like, oh, I wish this was a JRPG. It would be so good. And then season th- two, of course, is like this is like a really hacky JRPG. And it's like, and I was like, yeah, it's like Secret of Man, <laughs> which we. <laughs> and I was like, yep. Um, and then we got to season three, which is really fucking good. It came told right you, afterwards. Told you. Oh, man. Like, that's the season I think really works coherently and cohesively yeah. of the whole show. And I really... One out of four ain't bad. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it has a terrifying villain and a little cool gaunt te- villain team, actually. Um, they want to... And they basically that whole season is just like tearing down all of these characters to just their lowest possible point and barely scraping out of it alive and then feeling really horrible about it afterwards. So it's a real it's really effective, basically, um, in a way that none of the other seasons really fully reach. Like Amon has moments like that in the first season, but then this guy just goes for it like. I was thinking about that. Isn't his entire motivation just, I want to kill the Avatar? Um, season three guy or season one guy? I'm on. Season three. Um, he's, he wants, he wants to destroy all like systems and he's an oh, anarchist. Yeah, he was the anarchist. He's the anarchist. And the Avatar is like this ingrained peacekeeping agent with untold power that stretched back a thousand years. So destroying the avatar feels like a pretty good first step towards eliminating like government and society. Cause I just remember he was coming for her and it was like the Terminator, like he's coming to kill her. Yep. That's just really scary. Yeah. Like I didn't even fully grasp that. It's just that he really wanted, they really just wanted the avatar and then when they finally reveal like what they're wanting to do, it's not just they want to kill her. They want to kill her like in the most thorough way they can. Um, they want to end the Avatar cycle. Then they have the, most, the best possible plan of any of the characters in the show to actually do it. 
Um, they are just by far the most competent villains in the se- in the series in the franchise. I think is that fair to say? Yeah. Without being the most powerful, probably. Like the season two villain is basically like the devil. I guess <laughs> it's really dumb. Ed is just like, I'm going to usher in 10,000 years of darkness. When the season three villain is a guy who just really is very politically motivated. Um, and they're, he's got a team of some good benders on his team. And they're just really competent. And his little thing where his girlfriend, with his girlfriend at the end, and what enables him to unlock the ultimate airbending technique was, I felt, pretty cool and well-established. Um, everything just kind of made sense. Like the season starts with like a contrivance. Um, it's like, oh, Korra opens up the spirit portals and now people are learning airbending because, um, and then it just takes that kind of weird contrivance and then just rolls with it in the best way possible, you know? Yeah. Whereas the, the, the other contrivances in the show just kind of feel like, okay, you're just kind of wrenching things into place here for nothing. Um, but that one, it's just, they start from that point, from a really dumb point, and then just go forward in this Terminator way, and it's great. Um, and then for the first half of season four is basically all just dealing with the ramifications of the stuff that happened in season three, and it's all pretty awesome. Um then they kind of hit some budget troubles, apparently. Um, so there's a recap episode, and then uh. they kind of stretch out this finale that didn't really need to be super long into like three or four episodes. And so that. Yeah, just, I, I just remember you tweeting, they're not going to fight this robot for three episodes, are they? And then, mm. oh, they really are, aren't they? Fuck. Yeah. And then they kept fighting the robot and fighting the robot, and it wasn't as cool as any of the stuff. Season three's finale, like, it mirrors. Um, both visually and kind of thematically, the finales from season two and three of Last Airbender, which are some of the most potent moments of that show. Um, the Waterbender lady and her thing in her fight with Mako, though, and how that ends. Do you remember that? I think you told me on Skype okay. the other day. God, she gets um, but, electrocuted or something. Yeah, but she—it's a scary ass moment. It's like Alien, where he's like, fault, where like he dries up all over water. And then drops down, she drops down to this cave and he chases after her and he just lands waist deep in water and she like rises up out of it. It's real good. Um, It's just really good TV. Um, Good TV that was broadcast only on the internet. That was only broadcast on the internet. So like I was feeling really negative about Korra and the existence and how that show kind of hurt. And just, yeah, that that show was such a kind of disappointing sequel for me after Last Airbender. Um, but after seeing that chunk and then all the good chunks mixed into all the other series, um, it's just like, okay, I, I'm happy this exists. And I'm definitely not mad that people re- – that some people just completely love it, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, has, th- it has issues, especially season two, mm-hmm. but I think it was a good show overall. Yeah, I think what – I thought, I think what finally turned the brink was Anna and I watched like a season and a half of Game of Thrones and we were like, uh. <laughs> oh yeah, this is just the best show of all time, apparently. Um, it wins a shit ton of awards and is widely respected artistically in every way. 
and <laughs> and but Cora is the dumb show for stupid people, and Game of Thrones is so. I was just like, okay, this is good and it's fine. <laughs> um, so it's a fun little ride if you're going kind of knowing that it's wonky. Um, it's bumpy, definitely. Yeah. And I think that's but really... season three is so good. It's so good. Oh, my God. And it's the, it's the only one that just... Oh, yeah, it's real good. In a way that's completely different from the first show, which is great. So... That's good shit. The comic we read the comic books and those were good shit. Got the Zuko's mom plot thread, who's kind of like the Shala in Chrono Trigger, where her plot thread is just kind of unresolved and she just kind of has, just has like a bad time and is treated very <laughs> poorly by the story, and you just feel bad and you don't get any resolution about her. Um, so they resolved that in a way, and I was kind of scared because I, I know what happened when they tried to resolve Shala's plot thread, but. <laughs> When they resolved um, her thing in the comic book, it worked out very nicely. And I think that's all I've been up to. All's well. Holly. <laughs> are you are you guys done? Is that that fucking cat game? Uh, maybe. So I haven't really been into much myself because after the last podcast, I actually spent another two weeks just kind of being sick as a dog still. I went went right from the flu into, hey, Anemia Adventure 2016. So it's been a real good 2016 (laughs) so far, let me tell you. But I did manage to get a couple of things done. I'm still cranking away at the Binding of Isaac. Um, I've done all of the lost stuff. So I never have to see him again, even though he, even though he's actually a really fun character now. You um, were so proud of that, I could tell. When you, I, was, you... I was so good. And like the last runs that I had with him were so good. They were just utterly broken in all the best ways. I had lots of layers of invincibility covering my ass. <laughs> you tweeted that out. You put it on Steam. You just want the world to know. I, exactly. <laughs> it's like, so I did that. You've every right to. You've every right. Anyone that can beat the Lost... Get the Lost Unlocks is all right. Yeah, yeah. The so lost... how, did, hmm? how did you end up taking down Mega Saiyan? Uh, Ipecac was my main method, uh, uh, and I think I had triple shot, maybe? Uh, and then, like, it was, like, triple shot and scatter bombs. So... You picked up Ipecac with a loss? My God, you're... Oh, I love that. I love Ipecac. I will always take Ipecac regardless of character. You have some stones, Paul. <laughs> but wow. it, was like, it was, like, an Ipecac that would hit. It was a three-way Ipecac that would hit, and uh, then each bullet would also explode off into another Ipecac. That is bullsy. <laughs> <laughs> but I also had the Holy Mantle, which you can unlock by playing through Greed Mode, which gives you a free hit every room. Uh, I had, um, um, I think for like the, 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 the Mega Satan fight, I only actually had, uh, the, the other labor invincibility that I had was My Shadow, which just randomly grants you uh, invincibility sometimes. So uh, it wasn't that bad. Like the the Mega Satan fight was over pretty fast, and and I had the beam. Oh, the beam deflects bullets now. So oh, it's even, actually good. So even when Mega Satan starts his bullet spam as the Lost, I was still able to just fart them away, and it recharges. So Holy you don't. Shit. You, yeah. So it 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 was a build that worked, and it worked great. Yeah. The last two runs I had to do were. 
uh, a hush win and a mega Satan win. And I'm just pissed. I'm pissed at the unlocks I got for doing that was just like, oh, here's two more co-op babies you're never going to use. It's more about the achievement, isn't it? Exactly. It's just like, hey, give me them unlocks. Give me them unlocks. I think there is one super fucking crazy unlock at the end. I don't know about it. I've managed... should, I just, should I just say what I think it is? Go for it. Do you have like a usable item that looks like Mega Satan's head? No. Okay, I think. I've seen some like Omega laser that has like a 10 charge on it or something. Oh, I think he's right, because I think I've seen Mega Satan's head in the achievements. Oh, yeah. wait, I think I've heard Northern Lion talk about that, actually. I think that's the last item now. Oh, that's craziness. Yeah. That's pretty I know awesome. how you get it, but I think that's in the game, yeah. I think... You have to get, like, it's like the new godhead. Like, you have to have everything. You just have to get everything. Okay, well, that's cool. I, I will be doing that. I will be 1,001% at some point in the next couple of months, I'm sure. Because I've only yeah. got, like, I've, I've got 15 coins left to donate on my goddamn <laughs> greed machine. And every goddamn greed mode, I've ha- greed mode run I've had in the last, like, day and a half has ended in utter failure because the game yeah. hates me for some reason now. <laughs> Like like Mega or like 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 Ultra Greed is just like stonewalling me. It's like he knows his time is almost up because when you <laughs> when you think about it, there's not a lot of reason to play Greed mode after you do the unlocks because it's really just a truncated version of the main game where you can basically where you're basically you can basically be overpowered by the time you hit the second floor if you play your cards right. Um, and and I think that the real fun of the Binding of Isaac is building up to that and having like runs and going through rooms and stuff. And it's just like with with greed mode, every room's just a big square, and you know it's over in like it's over in a matter of seconds once you get past the second and third floors because you've already used like the store to buy the best stuff that you can get. So and like they give you a free item on every floor, which is usually pretty good. Um, and like you can buy a key for five cents and get another good item on top of the stuff in the shop that you can buy and re-roll into infinity if you want. So, you know, like, I don't know what the point of playing greed mode will be after I finish all of the unlocks. I still got to do it with the last character that I'm still trying to unlock, which is the keeper. But, uh, like, I don't know, like, if I'll actually be going back into greed Mm. mode after that. So it's kind of like... I mean, I guess as part—I I guess as a piece of DLC, it served its purpose. You know, like it's—I've it, I've probably easily spent thirty hours in greed <laughs> trying to get all of the unlocks and fill up the greed machine and all of that. And it's not been the worst time I've ever had or anything. And it's kind of fun breaking the game that quickly. But I like having to navigate around tricky rooms and geometry and like you know, and yeah. not knowing what bosses you're going to get and things like that and. Uh, I think green mode is just it's a fun little novelty that I won't probably go back to a lot once I finish all of the keeper unlocks. Uh, I mean, 30 hours is pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, for a piece of DLC that was only like six dollars and sixty six cents, that's still a lot of content. That's still a lot of time well spent. And I can't say that it wasn't fun because, like I said, I did have a lot of fun with it. So, yeah, Yeah, I haven't played the DLC yet, but I'm definitely looking forward to green mode. It's just kind of a quicker faster version of getting overpowered yeah yeah it's, i'm in the same boat as, as rap it's definitely fun you know i think you guys will have a pretty good time with it obviously and that and like there's so many more fun items and like a bunch of bosses you've not fought and they you know the game's got you know i think it adds like 140 new achievements or something so oh boy yeah so, i think it doubles the achievements almost yeah. doubles them 
I've got like 28 more to go, I think. So that's pretty good um, value for money. Yeah, you, it's it's a really great package for uh, you know what you put into it, obviously, and it's. You know, I mean, I know there were some problems starting off, like was certain content locked or not, and it was the it ARG was. game that never really came to fruition. And no, the ARG was what unlocked the keeper. It was what unlocked the keeper. Yeah, basically, what ha- like filling your donation, your greed machine to a thousand was impossible, or something because it would jam at a one oh nine. Yeah. But base, but once um, the R- the ARG was completed and people found like the doll of the keeper in the real world, they went out at like two in the morning or something and found this greed doll, and then they had he removed the wool. Yeah, yeah. So and then like when they threw that in, all of the lo- all of the keepers unlocks appeared like as question marks in uh in in the item menu. So that's basically the content that was missing. So, uh, but, but yeah, like they say that it wasn't time gated, but it actually was like, come on guys, let's, let's be honest here. You were gating content because certain conditions hadn't been fulfilled and nobody could have fulfilled those without you perpetuating the ARG. Yeah. I I don't mind time gates if they're done properly, but I I do mind them lying about time gates. Yeah. Like if you're going to do it, be, be honest about it. I mean, the, like the Namco arcade games, they never, they never lied about this. Like, yeah, this, this catch one unlocking like twenty eight days after the machine's first turned on, or, or whatever. Like yeah. Tekken. Yeah. But this just seems like they were trying to uh, mislead everybody. Yeah, they were, and like anytime people ask, like you know, like 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 you said, there were X number of items in the game, uh, and like the the menu is only showing you know three fourths of that. Like, what's the deal? You know, they would just go out of their way to either be real shitty to people who were asking, which I think is just, you know, my biggest problem with people like Tyrone uh, from Nicholas. Uh, um, It's just like, you know, like, don't be shitty to your fan base. You know, just like either find a way to, you know, tell it to people smoothly or like, you know, hey, you know, like there's something bigger we have planned or, you know, just... You just don't like treat your fan base like a piece of garbage or or try to make them seem stupid or like it's their fault that they don't know why the items aren't there. I so, keep yeah. forgetting it's, it's not Macmillan anymore. Yeah, well, it is Macmillan. He is involved with it. He's very much involved with the project, uh, but even he was just kind of like not really being forthright in like why these items weren't appearing or, you know, like why, you know, and then like when people started picking up on the one Oh nine thing, they then started like intentionally fucking with people about one Oh nine. And, but there's like, it's, it's just a number. Like what can you possibly glean from a number? Like you're not giving enough information to kick this thing off, you know, and and they had to start doing things like patching in a, a different icon for one of the achievements that could be decoded that way you could actually get the stupid thing off the ground because your vague hints about 109 somehow weren't enough to you know elicit a response you know and and getting the ARG kicked off properly like they just I think it was just really bad planning on their part yeah but hey, hey think about it this way you'll uh, you'll finally unlock the the mega satan head by the time you do that after birth plus will be out yeah that's a good point like that's what can they add yeah, like I don't know. Like I know that they're adding like a lot of editing stuff, editing stuff, and and that's going to be really cool. Um, 
but like as far as items or bosses or like new areas like i don't know like what they could possibly be adding it's supposed to be out in the summer so i can't think it's going to be a lot other than you know i think that like the editing stuff is probably going to be the star whereas greed mode was kind of the star of this new update yeah so i d- afterbirth plus is basically saying hey you should get the pc version yeah yeah, because that stuff's not making it to console. There's yeah. just no way. It's all it all involves Lua scripting and stuff, and like I don't know how you could possibly mm-hmm. handle that on that. So for saying, me, hey, give us your money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> again. But for me, it's like I don't. I had the original game on PS4 because it was a plus game. Boy, I bet like, you're kicking yourself in the ass for that now, huh? Well, I mean, I didn't directly pay for it, so no, you got it's it fine. free. So, but it's like, oh, I should probably get the PC version and just start over. <laughs> That'd be such a bummer, though, wouldn't it? it that's what's holding me back. It's like, like you have to get... save file. That's so many hours. There are real Platinum God files out there you can download. But then I won't have all the achievements yeah. on Steam and, if and I cheat it, like and that. And then it'll look real shitty. Yeah. So I will probably, like, if it goes on sale again, I'm probably just going to start over. Say goodbye to them at 500 hours of your life. <laughs> start over with After Perth and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Eric did that. Like he, uh, he's been playing the 3DS version, uh, and he's got. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got like a of twitch.tv slash Eric's joystick. Um, anytime we mention him, we've got to do that. It's in our contract. Even when we don't mention him. Yeah, even when we don't mention him, we have to do that. It's in the contract. I was going to make a joke about that, saying that I was I've been streaming this week on on that on twitch.tv slash Eric's joystick, but of course I didn't get to stream because it all went to hell. So thank you for bringing that up. Apologies. I don't know why um, you're apologizing with my mistakes. <laughs> I'm apologizing for dredging up terrible memories for you. It's okay. So he's been what playing I'm here the 3DS for. one. So he was been playing the 3DS one, and he said he got like a hundred or so hours on it, and it was just like, and, and then he got uh, the PC version and started over with all the Afterbirth content, and like the Afterbirth content, like I, I look at it as kind of trying to start uh, playing the original Binding of Isaac with Wrath of the Lamb installed, like. It's way harder. Like, uh, like there's definitely a lot more kinks that aren't in the original. Like, you know, like like the content that Afterbirth adds, a lot of it is just a lot more difficult. Like, a lot of the bosses are just super bullet hell spammy stuff that y- you didn't really have to deal with a lot in uh, Rebirth. Um, so, like, fighting stuff like Hush and... Um, oh, God. And, and, yeah, Hush I've is... I've seen videos of Hush, my God. He is. I, I intentionally have not seen videos of him because I'd still want to. Yeah, you, you're going to enjoy that fight. I think it's it's a crazy fight, and it doesn't really matter what build you go in to fight him with either. Because, you're fucked anyway because he yeah damaged <laughs> yeah like your damage is always capped at one. I think so. Like it all like it always takes the same amount. Oh, of my time. huge mascara build is totally damn break that down. I don't know. I've seen a couple of builds that went crazy with it. Like, uh, I won't give anything away about Hush, but suffice to say, we now have two damn Maku bosses in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty nuts. <clears throat> but it, it's, it's nuts in a good way. I think the way, the way they set that fight up is really good. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the Binding of Isaac. More, you know, just more of that, because that's my jam. Uh, also, like, I finished the third chapter of Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky. It's a game that just keeps escalating, keeps escalating in a good way. Uh, I still kind of like playing that game in spurts and just like 
a chapter at a time, put it down for a week or so, and then come back to it. Uh, this is the final chapter, however, so the next time I get to talk about it, which, oh. might, which might be the next podcast, I will have hopefully reached uh, the end. Uh, and the end of the first chapter. The end of the, the first <laughs> chapter. Hopefully, like, I won't be fiending too hard for a second chapter. But from what I hear, that game's ending is just, yeah. like, the worst cliffhanger ever. <laughs> fucking five years on that apparently oh my god yeah yeah i remember chelsea was talking about that game when we first met and it was just like wow it 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 only just came out last year and that's that's really crazy uh i did get uh uh, i did play another game and was uh you know laying in bed not feeling great Uh, 3ds was sitting there I remember this, oh. ha- this happened last time, right? Remember, I had a pretty good time picking up the uh, good old New Super Mario Brothers again and realizing, yeah, you know that game's still really awesome all these years. It really later. is. Oh, yeah. I think I know where this is going. Uh, so Uh-oh. there's there's a the, another game that I've been uh, I've been I've been trying to I guess I've been trying to force myself to like ever since it came out. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, it is um, Mario and Luigi Dream Team. Uh, I've been trying to force myself to like this game, uh, and I've got I've got a back of the box quote for you here. <laughs> uh, Mario and Luigi Dream Team is poop coming from a butt. <laughs> so put that on the box and sell that. I was going to put that. Nintendo. Put that as your game of the year edition right there. That's your back of the box quote, Polly from the Socks Cast. You enjoy that, man. That game. That game thinks I am the dumbest person to have ever picked up a game console and ever looked at a script. Like, I don't think this thing knows I know how to look at a game screen without flipping my shit. It's absolutely ridiculous. The thing that was my... Like, like for those who don't know, this game has to... Th- 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 this game has unskippable tutorial after unskippable tutorial. And it is just constant. I am like 23 hours into the game. It's like Final Fantasy 13 does this too, but I didn't mind it as much because you can skip them. But you cannot skip the tutorials in this game. So badges are a thing that have been in this series for a while. It's just like, hey, you equip a badge and it's got special effects and you press the icon on the screen when your badge meter's charged and you get that special effect. Yay! It's easy to do. So, uh, you get that tutorial the first time you're introduced to badges in the game, and it's like, okay, fine, I knew this game was going to be overly, you know, tutorializing me. So, um, around the 23-hour mark, I I enter a new town, and I'm checking out the sights and sounds, buying some new equipment, you know, gotta get them numbers up, because that's what RPGs are for. I walk into the badge shop, and for whatever fucking stupid reason... The game just decides it's going to tutorialize me on badges again. What? It, it runs the same fucking tutorial. Oh my god. And the thing is, I had ran into two other badge shops prior to arriving at this new town. Like, okay, I got the first one. I got the tutorial there. There was a badge shop, and then another badge shop. And then I get to this town... And I get a tutorial that I've already done, and I've already been using badges the entire game. So it just, and that was my breaking point. I just, it's like, no game, you think I am far too dumb to play you, 
and I will not suffer this insult any longer. And I just turned the 3DS off and went to sleep at 4 p.m. <laughs> I don't blame you for one second. If that it, were me playing that game and I'd be playing for 23 hours and then it's, it came up with a tutorial I'd already seen, I would not know how to react. God damn it, I own the Fine Brothers and they were $10. <sighs> <laughs> Do you it's think? So do you think it's looking at your system clock and being like, "Oh, you oh, haven't you played, haven't played a long time"? No, I don't think so because I looked a video up just to make sure. Oh, good. Yeah, do you think in that game you get to the final boss and it does a tutorial <laughs> of how to beat the final boss? Hey, you know about timed attacks? <laughs> hey, you know how to use brothers' attacks? So, yeah. so you're saying this is worse than Skyward Sword? Absolutely. Because you finished you finish that. Right? I finished Skyward Sword. You, you're I... about to land the final hit on the final boss of Dreams. He's like, um, here's another tutorial about timed hits. <laughs> it wouldn't, nothing would surprise me with this game anymore. It just thinks I'm a fucking idiot. Like, I cannot, like, what were, like, where is the option in these games to just, like, look, I've played this series before. I probably know what I'm doing. If there's a new mechanic you're introducing that's not been in this series before, maybe give me that information, but I don't need any other information. I've played RPGs before. I've played Mario and Luigi before. I know how these games work. It's but really no- weird, too, that it's, it's limited to just Dream Team, because the paid Mario games, they do the tutorials, but you can skip them. Yep. I think the first Mario and Luigi game, you can skip the tutorials in that. Yep. It's just this game. I think you can skip all of them in Bowser's Inside Story as well. That's a pretty good RPG from what I've heard. Um, yeah, Bowser's Inside Story is fantastic. I've played it's not Dream Team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and like, I, I was playing this because I wanted to sort of, you know, like, get myself away from thinking, hey, maybe I should buy Paper Jam. That'd be another bad idea. Yeah. And it's just like watching videos of that game. It also looks like a bunch of poop coming out of a butt so not as yeah. bad as this one though. not as bad as this one though but like because like, from what i understand like you can actually skip the tutorials in uh <laughs> and there's like an actual hard mode in uh, oh, uh really? paper, in paper jam apparently mm-hmm. that like where they where like they turn off all assistance in battle oh. and everything, so that's not as fun actually but it's just so like wow like i, I was just astonished at how dumb this game <laughs> really thinks I am. That 24 hours into the game, I need this now? This, yeah, is something, that... this is something you tutorialized me on the first two hours of the game. There's, there's guiding the player and then there's holding their hand and leading them through the entire game. And that that's the latter. I mean, the game might as well just have started playing itself for me. I mean, why didn't it just do that? It should have, sure. like... I think they trademarked that super guide. Yes, yeah, super guide is a thing. It's actually in like I think it started with Super Mario Galaxy two and they trademarked yeah. that. I think so. Yeah. Oh my god! I'm uh, not sure. They, I think they patented patented it because it's like a mechanical thing. Yeah, well, having, like having a, the gameplay for you. We're not we're not like the trademark patent masters here. We don't know. What I'm just making a dumb joke, jeez. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Honestly, this past couple of weeks with Sony and then, of course, those two people I'm not going to mention again. Um, Trademark pattern. I've been trying to learn what the hell it all means, what the difference, and nobody seems to know. (laughs) Austin Walker on the latest Beast cast sort of did his best to explain the difference between, like, a trademark, a registered trademark, 
a patent and like it was just like it gave me a headache I'm I'm glad Vinny was there to kind of just like make <laughs> dumb jokes the whole time speaking of uh, of dumb jokes the the mega 64 guys did a uh, a parody on the uh, on the fine yeah. brothers so good uh, it's like now we know where they called the fine brothers cuz they'll find you yeah <laughs> shout outs to money <laughs> shout outs to money <laughs> I don't always like their stuff, but that was pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, just, I, I'm in the same boat. Don't really care much for Mega64 on the whole, but that was really good. And they, they, they seem to be fine. You know, they seem to be okay guys, like, outside of their videos. Mm-hmm. When it appeared on other things. Yeah. It's just sometimes the humor doesn't really appeal to me. Mm. Yeah. But that did. That really made me laugh. Yeah. Well, when you look at something as ridiculous as the Fine Brothers and, like... Oh, Twitter has been having a field day. Well, as they should. Yeah. It's just, it's ridiculous. I... I'm, I'm, thinking of, I'm, I'm thinking of having like a, a, a tip jar, like a, like a Fine Brothers tip jar. Every time I say the word react or reaction in my videos, <laughs> just adding another $5 to it. Just like play like a a, 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 um, a cashier sound effect. Just like, like the Simpsons of, of Homer putting money in the swear jar. There you go. But just rename, just name it, like relabel it Fine Brothers. Yeah, there you go. These guys, they really kind of seem out of their mind, though, because I saw some old posts they made in, like, 2013, 2014, where they're like, Ellen did a bit where children were reacting to old technology. We want the oh Ellen generous show to contact us because that's a copyrighted bit of having kids react to things. Like, excuse me? Are you guys, like, mental? It's like, it's, fuck it's, off it's, out of here. If you want to go back to further kids reacting to things, Bill Cosby in the 80s. Exactly. It's like, get off. Get off. Have these guys ever heard of Retsu Prey? Exactly. I mean, America's Funniest Home Videos is going to sue the shit out of YouTube once they realize the, the, yeah. people the funniest have been thing was, was today because they, they put up another React video. The Fine Bros put up a kid's <laughs> React video and didn't turn the comments off. Oh my uh, god. Smart so move. My, my favorite one was um, Kids React to Destroying the YouTube Community. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was great. Oh my god. They're gonna get reamed for it, and I'm sorry, but I have a little sympathy for them. Yeah. Fuck just, you, fine brothers. Pieces of garbage. I just don't know where these companies get off with trying to register things, like Sony trying to register Let's, Let's Play. Play? And then, like, Are you kidding me? Thank god Rooster Teeth. I won't say this too often. Thank god Rooster Teeth were there to stop them. And, like, when was it king.com was like we saga. own candy and we saga own candy and saga are you out of your fucking minds you like, should just put I'll... like a copyright on the word socks i you should i bet i could i bet i could pull this off I, I, can i be scum? well yes you can pull socks off but yeah, that's a good point but why would you want to they make you sexy that's also a good I'm... point i'm going to register taking socks off so whenever somebody <laughs> take, takes their socks off, they owe me a dime. Oh, damn. I've got a rich British true. accent, so whenever every time someone mentions mine, I, they owe me a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> or they owe you a pound. Exactly, a pound. I've you gone native. I've gone native. I'm just hit the American. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're just slipping. We're, we're finding out more and more it's fake. I mean, the truth Canada, is out there. <laughs> they call them dollars in Canada, too. Are you <laughs> so you know what it's time for. It's time for everybody's favorite part of the Sox cast. Polly's dumb, boring music stuff. 
Get right in those emails. Get right Woo! in those emails. Send those positive vibes our way. I know you guys out there love it. I've already gotten enough emails from you already. <laughs> love you guys. So I'm the, the one supposed to get the emails. Jeez. I, I know. They just go directly to me, though, when they <laughs> want to talk about how, uh, how much they love this music segment and how much I bring up music on the podcast because music is a big, huge, important part of my life that I would want to talk about. You know, they're super supportive of that. So always glad to hear those. Keep them coming. You fucking. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I guess I will start. uh, There are two albums I'm going to talk about. Uh, The first one I'm sure neither of you listen to. So I'll try and speak. Is um, the first album is uh, it's already an album of the year candidate. In January. It's like, yo, like this is probably already. Like fast forward to December, that'd like that'd be like playing a game in January and thinking, "Oh, this is going to be game of the year." Yeah, that'd be ridiculous. Silly. silly. Who would do that? Or, or have like a big list of games I've never played, but they already know they like. Like who the fuck, right? <laughs> uh, so the first album I listened to is "Martyr Loser King" by Saul Williams. John knows who Saul Williams is. I do. You told you gave me one of his albums. Yeah, I really yeah. liked it. I yeah. really liked it. The Inevitable Rise and Liberation of of Niggy Tardust, which was produced by Trent Reznor. Uh, this is not really a follow-up to that, but it follows a lot of the same production style, so it's got a bit of an industrial bent to it as Ooh, well. I as, like that. Uh, but it also mixes in a lot of world music uh, and a lot of African influence uh, to kind of create this really neat-sounding thing that, you know, again, is just kind of a real interesting sound for a hip-hop album. Uh, but this album is a bit of a concept record. Uh, it's uh, a- a very much the same way that uh, Niggy Tardust was. Um, uh, this is about uh, a hacker who goes by the name of Martyr Loser King who sort of becomes this big deal on the Internet and an activist, uh, and, you know, going against the grain of all of this you know this police bullshit and like trying to break down the social constructs of race and gender and sexuality and is eventually labored labeled a terrorist uh and and is hunted down by the government and stuff for you know these extreme political views um and it's initially a concept that can sound like it would easily fall on its face but like, like Saul Williams is such a gifted uh, entertainer when it comes to not only like the words he puts to things, but he has a cadence that is strong and unique uh, in the genre of hip hop because he comes from a very strong poetic background. He used to be a slam poet. Uh, and he pro- I think he still is, obviously, but he's just got this unique commanding cadence where everything he says is measured out and metered so perfectly um, that it gives everything that he's talking about on this album a lot of credibility. Uh, and he's bringing up a lot of really like relevant issues that a lot of modern hip hop kind of glosses over. Uh, I remember, you know, hearing an interview with him a while back where he was talking about. Under, like, like how he can listen to like certain other rappers and tell that there are rappers who listen to music and there are rappers who only listen to hip hop. And it's real easy to tell the difference because not only in their production styles, but the way that, you know, like the things that they're rapping about is just vastly different, you know, like where it's more conscious 
there's more of a, a focus on wanting to heal the rifts in the black community rather than trying to create more or you know like there's not like you know like Saul Williams is not the guy that's going to create a, a song bragging about how much money he has he is a guy that's going to write mm-hmm. about how gender is a stupid construct and we need to let go of it because it's outdated and it's stupid and it's fluid and doesn't need to be defined um and it's just it's just an amazing record top to bottom uh martyr loser king definitely uh want to give that a listen it's really good if you want some alternative hip-hop in your life that's got just a really unique sound. I'm pretty sure, like, if you use Spotify, I'm pretty sure it's on there. I'm not sure if NPR is still hosting it or not. They were hosting it a couple of weeks prior to uh, its release on their site. Uh, that's where I originally heard it, and then I did a good old order of it because, hey, you support you support the artists you like. <laughs> which uh, leads me to my next album, which me and Rhett probably both uh-huh. did, and supporting the artists mm. that we like. The next album I picked <laughs> up... Uh, is the new album by Dream Theater. Uh, it's called uh, The Astonishingly Long Record. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, that's close enough. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's called The Astonishing. and It's astonishingly long. It is a 34-track, 2-hour and 10-minute opus that I just don't understand how anyone could ever sit down and listen to this thing in one go and digest it as an <laughs> album at all. And... That's why I've I've only listened to the first disc so far. Yeah. But I've listened I, to that like three or four times. I've made it through the whole album three times. Oh my god. And I gotta say that I think that despite this album's glut of material, mm-hmm. I don't think that there's a single damn thing about it that stands out at all. Uh, I think that like well, there are moments of brilliance on it. But I couldn't tell you what songs they're in. There are 34 tracks. That's that's why I'm really trying to learn the first disc first before moving on. It's like maybe that's, that's how I did the that's how I did so the fragile. Much. It's like maybe that's how I should have approached it. But it's just man, there's so much material that like even when you've completely digested, like the fragile is not this long. Mm-mm. Like yeah, the, that's disc one of this. Is like one hour, 19 minutes, and 40 seconds. Oh yeah. Like, I looked at the MP3 thing. I'm going, I ripped this myself. How is that? That's possible. That is what? literally, like, almost the physical limit of what Do you it, can put on yeah. a CD. A CD can only hold 80 minutes. And, <laughs> My uh, God. And, and I think it's actually 79, 79 minutes and 59 seconds. Like, I don't think like, you can actually so get it. so right there. I just yeah. couldn't believe it. It's, it's like the like, – like, I know that, like, uh, I know that Tool has had to edit down some of the stuff that they've done for a record because they hit, like, the physical limit of a CD. But this album has, like, an 80-minute first CD – and a 55-minute second CD. Oh. And, my God, it's just so much that none <laughs> of it stands out to me. What, do you, it, what, are, what are your thoughts, Rhett? It's hard to process. There's a lot of stuff on here. The first time I listened to it, I actually only listened to the first 13 of 20 songs on disc one. <laughs> and I thought that was it. So then the second time I'm listening to it, like I thought I was done, and then another song starts. And I go, "What?" And I look at the playlist. I go, "Oh my god!" Oh <laughs> I, have like my an- god. I have like another third here. 
I think that this album, like, like, I know prog rock gets slagged on a lot because it's just long songs with a lot of solos. This album probably needed to be, like, long songs and just, like, <laughs> maybe ten of them. Because it's just, like I said, there's, 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 it's hard to make any one thing stand out when there's so much material there. Whereas I think that longer songs are just a lot easier to process. Like I would look at something like the Mars Volta's Francis the Mute or something and think like, yeah, that's a complicated album and it's, it's really, really a lot to take in. But the way that it's kind of like cut up into sort of longer songs kind of makes it easier to digest because it's like rather than looking at 34 individual small two to five minute pieces i'm looking at like eight specific like eight very distinct tracks that all kind of like have their own vibe and theme whereas this album is just a lot of tracks that have the very same vibe and a lot of the same tempos mm-hmm. and a lot of the same riffs because it's a concept album. You're going to be repeating a lot of uh, passages a lot or, or certain vocal melodies or certain guitar melodies. And it just all kind of runs together in this big muddy soup that I yeah. I just cannot possibly digest. Like I cannot enjoy this album. Ouch, Jesus. It's a lot harsher than I was coming off of it. I don't know. There are, there are tracks that are beginning to stand out for me on, on the first disc, Mm -hmm. like I think 13 and 19, Mm -hmm. like 19, 19 is exactly what you wanted though, where it's like a seven minute track solo at the end. I'm like this, this is what I wanted more. Yeah. Like, even if it was just like an album of 27 minute songs, I could take that. But this is like 34, just, (laughs) A 27-minute song. Yeah, I'll take that. (laughs) I don't know. After uh, some of Dream Theater's earlier albums where they were doing like six songs in 80 minutes, like I'm kind of wary of them doing long songs again because stuff like A Nightmare to Remember was 16 minutes long and like did almost nothing with it. Oh, God. That entire album was kind of poop. Yeah. Yeah. I think think the only ones I've... Really, I think the one I really dug into was um, the two I've really dug into were Images and Words and Metropolis Part Two. Yeah, those those, those are, albums are fantastic. Like yeah. even if this album had like a better balance of material, like uh, uh, Metropolis Part Two does, because that album like it's it's very similar in structure to the Astonishing in that it's a lot of shorter songs that uh, you know just kind of like bounce from one track to another rather quickly, and there's a lot of them, but like the material on that album is real varied and it's just like there are a lot of styles coming in to play a lot of different tempos a lot you know you've got a ballad here a hard rocking song here you know and 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 the astonishing is just this constant barrage of the same very middle of the road kind of sound that doesn't really you know diverge a lot from that style it's really similar to their previous album i think yeah, and I, I, I actually, didn't like that album. Yeah, I think it's better than that, but I listened to it today for the first time like since it came out. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, this really is just kind of very more of the same middle of the road rock. Which is mm-hmm. weird because they came off of um, 
uh, a dramatic turn of events. That was album, so good. That album was so fantastic. They sounded completely re-energized. Uh, and then, like, you get to this album and then the previous album with Petrucci basically writing everything. And it's just like, it definitely sounds like one person wrote this album rather than a band collaborating. Mm-hmm. So if I want to, so if I really like Images and Words and Metropolis Part 2, just, I need to listen. I should probably listen to a Dramatic Turn of Events. I think you sent that to me at one point. Yeah, listen to and that. Awake, six Degrees. Awake and Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence. Cool. Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence is, God, that album's so amazing. <laughs> cool and and it's got a lot of really great uh themes it's about you know a lot of uh, mental uh uh mental health issues that are and, and they touch oh, on them they I touch on they sorry. touch on the what no sorry i really didn't mean to interrupt you there just keep going yeah like that album touches on a lot of uh mental health issues in a, in a, a very earnest way in a very honest way um, and it like like and especially the song Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence goes through each stage of its progression is uh, a different mental illness uh, told from the first person and it's done really well like like the lyrics to that album uh, even in like the main discs that isn't part of the actual Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence suite which that's the second disc it's like the basically mm-hmm. a forty two minute song that moves through eight parts. Uh, yeah. And then you got the first disc, which is five so- five individual songs that have a lot of the same um, kind of themes, but uh, they're not quite as connected to the idea of mental health being, you know, their central theme. But um, yeah, Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence is super great, and that's a real special album for me. Mm-hmm. And they for and um, of all the songs um, in the first album, they're pretty split split pretty evenly between Port, Port, Portnoy, Libri, and Petrucci, it yeah. looks like. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, like, like that band has kind of always had their albums kind of like written by the general of the band, you might say. Like, you know, Portnoy was a huge, huge, you know, hugely involved with the writing of an album. You know, and, you, know you will find him on every track prior to his uh, exit. Um but then you've got like the latter day stuff now where it's basically just Petrucci writing everything and it sounds like one person writing everything and that's gotcha. it's just kind of boring. Mm-hmm. The the thing I rudely interrupted you with a second ago was that I realized remembered uh like a long time ago me and Polly were into making anime music videos. <laughs> <laughs> and I did a Dream Theater one. Yeah. To six degrees of inner turbulence, the forty-two, 42 minute song. He did a forty-two minute Higurashi AMV <laughs> to uh, six degrees of inner turbulence, which again is a song that focuses on a lot of <laughs> mental illnesses. So it's a really good fit. Yeah. And I was thinking the other day, I'm like, I should show John that, and then I'm like, oh, if he's gonna, and then I'm like, oh, I don't think that should be his first way to listen to the album, though. No. <laughs> it will forever associate them yeah yeah like it needs to be taken by itself first and then uh-huh. yeah you have that context and go into understanding how it all ties together lyrically with the visuals it's really cool mm-hmm. oh i remember um when you first sent me a, um i had one more question related to dream theater because the first time you um show them to me you sent me i think metropolis part two and also falling into infinity yeah i think and, that's a really good starter album cool okay that, that everybody sense. hates. Everybody hates <laughs> falling that's into that, infinity, but I think 
<laughs> yeah, everybody hates falling into infinity, but I really, really like that album. You know what awesome. that album is, though? What? It's diverse. Yeah, it's super diverse. It's like a sampler of everything they do. Yeah, cool. yeah. That's why. I, uh, that's why when I introduce new people to them. Yeah. I give them falling into infinity. And, and like when I've talked to other dream theater fans, they're like, Oh, why would you do that? Give them like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm going to give somebody who's not used to listening to 20 minute songs, an album full. I'm going to give them Octavarium. Sure. <laughs> sure thing, dude. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and throw them right into the middle of six degrees of inner turbulence. You enjoy that. <laughs> you know, you're used to your three minute, 30 second radio tunes. Here's this 42 minute song. I want you to listen to and have patience <laughs> with. No, let's ease you into the experience a little bit. Come on. Cool. You know, uh, it's just sad for me cause I really, really like dream Theater, And then their last output has been disappointing to mm-hmm. say the least. Kind of like Radiohead. Oh, well, but Spectre. Radiohead's new Spectre. track Spectre is really good. It's so. really fucking good. It's like am- amnesiac on steroids. Yeah. It's like there's weird rumors swirling around Radiohead right now. That's like they could just release an album at any time. Nobody knows. Yeah, I honestly it, it might be done. I, I honestly expect that the album is done. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, so it's just like one day, just like hey, new Radiohead album, go. Cool. Yeah, we listened really deep to there was a period we ran and i got we're listening really deep in on it radiohead yeah so that's, that's fun. such good stuff such good stuff mm-hmm. so anyway that is what i've been up to um next episode we're going to debut a new segment but we're not going to do it this week because <laughs> I, I didn't but but be on the lookout it's going to be a real fun thing that you guys can uh contribute to um that'll be fun and it'll be probably real easy for you to find content for is that the hashtag fuck konami section (laughs) (laughs) no but it's it's uh it's equally easy to 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 find the kind of material i'll be looking for uh for that segment do you want me to just read the ones that i did have i want you to read the 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 funny things that okay let's uh, give this some context first Rhett. Hold on, I'm trying to pull it up. Um, there was a thread on NeoGAF about Dead or Alive Extreme Three, like, oh my, not God. about the controversy, but just like, hey, there's there's a new trailer out. What do you guys think of this new trailer? <laughs> and some some people had some interesting words to say about it. It's really really good. I, I told you. Okay, okay, I found it. There's no way he could not read this shit. I just posted this on on Twitter without any context to see how people reacted. I just cropped this post. It says, The cloth physics on Hanako's butt crack is very impressive, both technically and aesthetically. <laughs> and then Polly goes, What the hell are you doing? I say, It's a NeoGAF thread on Dead or Alive Extreme 3. And I posted another one. The actual ass physics seem like they have a long way to go. <laughs> Though even their current effort is still impressive, given how many other developers neglect it. But the way the cl- but the way the cloth on her thong reacts goes a long way towards selling the overall look. They really succeeded in making it look tangibly flimsy, which only makes the movement of her butt look all the more buoyant. <laughs> <laughs> and so then what this guy's saying is... He likes big butts, so he cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> then another one, really. You but... know what? You know what David Cameron's favorite Sir Mix-a-Lot song is? 
Oh no. I like pig fucks and I cannot lie. I like pig butts and I cannot lie. <laughs> I like Rainiac's version better. I do too. It sort of fits in with the joke more. <laughs> Damn it. And then finally a third post. <laughs> she is easily the cutest gal in the game. Damn. Something about her eyes. That pink hair. That slightly innocent look. Ah! Observe how her left strap is barely clinging to her perfectly balanced smooth skin. Tis too much for me to bear. Oh, Honoka-chan. Heart Ike emoticon. What is even going on on NeoGAF anymore? They, they really like Dead or Alive Extreme 3. So, I can tell! So, so the, 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 the segment we'll be debuting next episode is similar to this. Uh, but uh, and it's re- it's replacing our early access bit because th- I think it's run its course. Um, but uh, just be on the lookout; that'll be a, a, a fun thing. Uh, what are we calling it? Like garbage from the Steam forums or yeah, something? I, I think I was just going to call it butt steam. Just get right to the <laughs> oh, point. <thank> God. <laughs> just get right to the point. It's what it is. Uh, butt so, steam. Butt steam. <laughs> it says it all. The name just says it all. Two syllables, says it all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, to give me a second to, to recover from butt steam. <laughs> okay, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> so, Rhett. Hi. You got any news for us? <laughs> I needed more than a second, didn't I, to recover? <laughs> I know what's coming. Got an email from Kickstarter earlier. <laughs> Oh, oh did you now? To the fans eagerly awaiting the release of Mighty Number Nine. Ina Fune Watch 2016. Unfortunately, we have an announcement that will be very disappointing to all of you. In preparation for the February release of Mighty Number Nine, we have been working hard with our partners to resolve any networking issues and porting work necessary to polish. Da 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 da. It has become apparent that we'll need to delay the game from its February 9th release date, which was like a week. They did this like two weeks before the game was going to come out. Yeah. We've been working up until the very last moment to reserve these isu- resolve these issues to make the February release, but it's become clear we no longer have enough time to fix the issues and have everything prepared before release. They're delaying the fucking game again. What? I just don't. <laughs> what? Mighty number nine delay. Wait a minute. Are you kidding me? It's like the, oh, this got to be like the first time they've done that, right? I felt so for this, about this. For this felt... third delay of the game, we have no excuses for disappointing our fans <clears throat> and especially our backers once more. We want to take this chance to express our sincerest apologies to everyone who has looked forward to the release. Online game. You gotta fix the online and all gotta fix the game. online. We'll fix it. want to know how sorry we are. Please donate to our Kickstarter for Red Ash 2. <laughs> we gotta get the online and old Mega Man game. I feel so vindicated about this because I've been saying for months now, oh, they'll delay it again. And Absolutely. Say, no, you, no, you're full of shit. They'll obviously not. You don't know anything about Mega Man, mate. What are you talking about? They're delayed. And I, I had to fight so hard. They had five months this time. Like so they, they announced the last slow. one. They announced the last delay in September. They've had five months. I settled get... for posting a gif of a monkey laughing. <laughs> that was the the most I could do to brag about it. But... Who who has faith in that project at this point, though? I don't think even Inafune has. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone. 
Inafune only has faith in money, and even that, like, he got his face shoved in shit with reds, with fucking red ash. Shout outs to money. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I I think we've got more chance of seeing the next Star Wars film before Money Number Nine comes out. <laughs> I've I've wrote one or episode eight. You take your pick. And even that's been pushed back six months. But that's understandable. Yeah, that's understandable. This obviously. isn't. <laughs> It, the game is basically done. Yeah. They've even admitted the game uh, is basically done. I played a beta of it that felt relatively finished to me. I just... Uh, they said something about how, like, if they ship without the online, it would be a huge pain to get it, like, reserted for online features. Because I guess when you go through certification, you have to say, like, this is an offline game or this is an online game. Yeah. So they'd have to basically go through search twice if they changed it from an offline game to an online game. Don't they like, owe the fan man, don't they yeah. don't they fucking owe the fan base that convenience at this point? I I think they do, really. And the other problem is that they're launching on like ten platforms. Yeah, that was real smart guys. We that was really think that really through. dumb. Because Shovel Knight launched on Wii U and PC and was fine. Yep. Yeah, and but rat rat, Shovel Knight was good. Yeah. It was yeah. better than fine. It was good. Oops. But, but yeah, I, uh, every time I've gotten fed up with, with Mighty Number no. 9, because every time I've tried to say, you know what, if you like the game, if you're looking forward to the game, I can't stop you. I don't want to stop you. That's not what I'm about. Right. I was don't looking be disappointed. forward to it like three years ago. Don't be disappointed if it turns out to not be that great. And the amount of defending that game gets. It's, it's unexcusable at this point. Like, how can you fucking stand behind that? This hurts crowdfunding. This hurts video games. Yeah, that's the real issue here. Because crowdfunding like... is not the issue. It's the right. people running it. Yeah. Shovel Knight was crowdfunded properly. Yeah. So far, Bloodstained has been crowdfunded properly. Ukulele, well, they're doing regular updates to prove games... where the money is going. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I then... would wait on those until they're out. Cause well, yeah, but I... I bat ukulele. I'm, I'm, I'm coming. Oh, so you're going to defend it? Now. Putting my faith in it. Yes, yes. I'm a hypocrite. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, no, but they, yeah. they have been doing regular updates. That doesn't necessarily mean the game will be great or good when it comes out. But right. at least they're being transparent. Yeah. I mean, with I this, think Mighty Number no. Nine was transparent until they started slipping the release dates, and then it's just been. And then they just clammed the fuck up. Because what, what if the, been, if the game is the same, done? Yeah, what yeah. have they been doing for the, like the last year? Not only that, but also the quality of the beta they put out and then the footage they put out yeah. was vastly inferior quality. Yeah. That's kind of shitty. Yeah. Like, yeah. this game, like, when you look at the money that it took in, this game doesn't look like it cost that. I mean, like, game development is expensive. Like, absolutely. really isn't that much. But I just want it to come out. Like, just get it over with. I hope you enjoy it when it does come out. It's like pulling I, I the bandage the off. I thought the beta was fine. Like it's not yeah, amazing. It, it's but not amazing. I, I enjoyed but it. It's playable. Yeah. Which is I'm, I'm, honestly I'm more than I people. did expect at that point. Yeah. I'm not one of these people that says, "Oh, you you shouldn't play that," or "Don't give your money to that," or "You can't play that." I'm not like that. No. People like what they like, and to each their own. But I just don't like the idea of Inafune being rewarded for incompetence at best mm-hmm. and downright sleaziness at worst. Tim Schafer. Tim Schafer. Tim, <laughs> Tim Schafer. Tim, Tim Schafer. Oh, that was... 
I one of the people on the on the Doctor Who podcast that I do loves Psychonauts. Like it's one of her favorite games. Mm-hmm. I love that game too. Yeah, she's so upset about the Tim Schafer thing. Yeah, because he just can't be trusted. Absolutely. Like, I want to bet Psychonauts too, but I kind of don't because Tim Schafer and yeah, he's just no. She was conflicted. Yeah, understandably so. Yeah, I think everything around the Red Ash Kickstarter was super shitty and shady because they like had it timed to like the delay of Mighty Number no. Nine was announced like right after right Red Ash after finished. That, yeah, just like just like Double Fine did with uh, what was the strategy game Massive uh, Chalice? Massive Chalice. Yeah, they ran that Kickstarter then immediately delayed Broken Age. Yeah, yeah, like that's shitty. You know what you're doing. Yeah, and then. They killed Space Base Nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just hope it doesn't lead to people sort of like losing all faith in crowdfunding because it I think can be useful. For me, for me, it really kind of has, honestly. Yeah. yeah like, Where it's I like I've backed like three games, one of them's out. Mm-hmm. And... I won't be backing them again anytime soon. And I'm oh, hoping that... against hope Ukulele actually doesn't burn my fingers. I know. There's so much writing on those big ones like that, Bloodstained, Shenmue. Mm-hmm. Like if those crash. And I don't think they are going to, but even if the game is like mediocre, like yeah, crowdfunding takes a hit. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Shovel Knight came from crowdfunding. Like it's not all bad. No, no, we still got we still got good examples here. And Undertale was crowdfunded. Yes, Undertale yes, was a Kickstarter are. game. Like that's amazing. There is hope yet. <laughs> there is hope in the underground. Yes. <laughs> So what else you got, Rhett? Any other news? Any other good news? Uh, hey, do you like Mortal Kombat? <laughs> I think that game. I did. It's pretty all right. <laughs> oh, I think Raniac has feelings about this one. Oh, really? I'll, I'll hold back until you've read the official announcement. Please oh. go right ahead. Okay, can we pause for a second? I didn't actually have it pulled up. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Just edit My this fault. out. My fault. I kind of jumped in with two feet there. Oh, I, I hope I'm not talking over you. Professional, Rhett. As always, I'm going to leave this in to show everybody how professional <laughs> you are. So let's uh, everybody just sit here in silence <laughs> okay. and listen to Rhett pull up uh, a web page. NetherRealm Studios has confirmed that Mortal Kombat X's upcoming Combat Pack 2 will not be heading to PC. Uh, Suspicions were right? raised about the future of Mortal Kombat on PC when ongoing netcode beta was limited to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And this seems to be the final nail in the coffin for that version, which has been played for issues with launch. So basically, Mortal Kombat is getting GGPO. a big update on... It's not actually GGPO. I think it's their own version of uh, like a rollback-based system. Gotcha. But it's very similar. But they're doing a huge update for Mortal Kombat on consoles where there's like four new DLC characters, the big netcode update, and a Game of the Year edition called fucking Mortal Kombat XL. Fuck which off. Which is really silly. But uh, none of that is coming to PC. They're saying, nope. nah, we're out. And then Steam Spy says that Mortal Kombat X also sold half a million on PC. Yep. Which is re- really good, I think. Yeah, that <laughs> I think that would warrant an update. How could that not be worth it? Exactly. Yeah. Because PC games especially have the long tail where people like me will pick it up for like five bucks on a Steam sale like years from now just to play through the story and stuff. <laughs> but uh, uh nope. Let's turn Raniac loose here. <laughs> yeah, I, I apologize if I sort of go, just go completely ham. For the go next for few it. Minutes. Go okay, for so it. I, I've got Mortal Kombat Complete Edition, their full version of MK9. I loved it. 
<laughs> complete edition. It was Kurt, yeah, with a K. Because that's that's edgy. Oh, that. that's so edgy. I could cut myself on it. No, maybe XL isn't that bad of a name. Yeah, it's compared not to compared to complete edition. edition. But complete edition was good. It ran properly. It had decent netcode. It had all the it had all the extras that they'd been added to Mortal Kombat Nine over the years. Mm-hmm. I couldn't complain about it. And so I held off on Mortal Kombat X when it first came out because I thought, well, in a year or two's time, there'll be a complete edition come out, and I'll pick that up and I'll enjoy it. That and that game was a hot fucking mess at launch. And Yeah, especially and on PC. Yeah. Yeah. Console, not so much. It, but it, rather than try and fix the problems, WB have just gone, you know what, screw it, just wash the hands of it. And uh, I had so many conflicting emotions the same day because they put a trailer out for Combat Pack 2. Mm-hmm. Then they put a trailer out for, for Mortal Kombat XL saying, this is coming, but it didn't say PC. It just said for Xbox and PS4. Yeah. But it didn't actually say it's not coming out for PC. Somebody asked them about it, possibly on Twitter or, or email or elsewhere, and they confirmed that, no, it's not coming to PC. So I went from the huge highs of, we're getting the complete edition early. Mm-hmm. I'll be able to play this like six months before I plan to. To, oh yeah, you're not getting it on PC, because fuck you. <laughs> so that's four characters. No, no, sorry, five characters. PC... Yeah. Um, owners will not be able to play as because Goro is locked behind a paywall. Yep. And this was how you would get Goro. You would you would buy the combat pack too and he would be unlocked. Mm-hmm. But no, because fuck you. And this just it, it's more like example of like, oh hey, maybe we shouldn't trust WB with anything on PC, especially after yeah. the fucking Batman debacle. And Shadows yeah, that's of Mordor. the real thing. Well was there something with Shadows of Mordor? I thought that yeah, was Yeah actually... they, they um they controlled what reviewers could say oh, oh yeah you couldn't but say anything wasn't... negative about the game yeah the game itself was fine specific. it had no issues but yeah. you couldn't say anything about the game that was i'm bad. talking about like specific pc issues oh yeah batman was completely fucked yeah probably hit the nail on the head with batman mortal kombat x launched completely broken on pc yeah and so and in both of those right. cases instead of really fixing it they just kind of went hey we're done it also means because Excel ha- contained the new netcode, PC yeah. users won't get the new netcode improvements. No, yeah, that's that's really the big one because in, the netcode. In, in a way, that's worse than not having access to Triborg and Xenomorph and Leatherface. And yeah, they're not they, cool because they're not the, cool. But if you're not including the netcode, then why are you even bothering at this point? Yeah, like the netcode for that game is pretty shoddy, from my understanding. I feel so sorry for the. 500,000 people who bought this game on PC, hoping it would be updated to improvement. And they can't refund it now? Nope. It's yeah, just... This, it's yeah, just that game bad. came out way before. This is, an instance, this is an instance where people should be able to refund. It, just, it yeah. just feels like there should be some kind of fucking Steam mandate that says, hey... Yeah. Special like, circumstance. Yeah, like like they are completely abandoning all support of this product and sh- have you know, have done so in not good faith whatsoever. And I don't even blame Ed Boon for it because I think this was dictated to him by WB. Right, right. And if that, his boss is saying you can't offer updates to the PC, what can he do? Yeah, like there's not Tentative. much you can do. He is, and just... I love the Mortal Kombat series. I absolutely, I'm absolutely with you. You know, that's it's been... how I got my name. Actually, my 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 uh, Rain is yeah, Rain. I was oh. a huge fan of Rain. I was the Rainiac. Yeah, that's how I got it. I fucking, oh. I fucking love I... Mortal Kombat. That but if they bring up Mortal Kombat 11, I'm gonna have to be very hard pressed to support it. Yeah, right. and that hurts me so badly. Yeah, 
I mean, if WB is not is not involved, then I'll support it completely. Mm. It never own breaks away, but they won't. No. It's too much of a cash cow. It's yeah. WB will hold on to them and suck them dry. Yeah. Sorry for getting passionate there, but it's that's what this yeah. podcast is for. You it get, just you get pains passionate. me so much to see a series I love go down the toilet. Absolutely, I'm completely with you. Like I haven't, I, mean, I didn't get into Mortal Kombat X myself, but I love the shit out of MK9. Like I played the goddamn shit out of that on PS3. I've played every single one of the of, from one, apart from uh, the, the crossover they did with DC. That game was actually really good. But I've played everything from Mortal Kombat 1 to Deadly Alliance, Deception. We, yeah, like, we probably went through, like, the quote-unquote dark age of Mortal Kombat. Like, we stuck with it through Deception um, and, and, and Deadly Alliance. Deception wasn't terrible, but it wasn't as good as it could have been. Yeah. And Armageddon, then, like, they just Armageddon was just real bad. <laughs> the storyline lore in Mortal Kombat is brilliant. Yeah, it really is. It really is. They, they really do. I can't think of another fighting game series that puts so much attention to detail in its lore. Yeah, and that's and all I thanks to John. Tob- and that's all thanks to John Tobias's um, dedication to wanting that to be really important back in the day. He yeah. doesn't get enough credit for that uh, these days, but that's the reason Mortal Kombat has such a rich mythology is because he really wanted to put effort into that kind of stuff. Yeah. Is he still Huge, working um, on those? No, John Tobias hasn't worked oh. with Midway in years. They, okay. they cut out Noob Cybot's surname. Yeah. He's oh, just Noob. Wow. Yeah, he's just Noob now. Because I was wondering why everyone only talks about Ed Boon now, because to me, uh, back in the day, it was Boon and Tobias. Yeah, it's, that's, it that's was. Too bad. It's been two of them together. Yeah, and then he left and went and made some bad games. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unlike but, you uh, guys, I did not stick through the Dark Ages of Mortal Kombat. I played up to three ultimate and was like, yeah, I think I'm done with these. Yeah. Ultimate was, then, good. Ultimate then, was good. Ultimate was fantastic. And then four came out and it's like, Oh, oh God. yeah. Four, oh. four was a breaking point for a lot of people. Deadly Alliance sort of got back on track. So I did but not then, play any until nine. <laughs> and then deception was a worse version of Deadly Alliance. And Armageddon was just like the straw broke the camel's back. Yeah. But and I thought versus, well, versus, versus DC universe is actually pretty good though. I haven't played that. Despite its lack of violence, you know, which you kind of like, if you're a Mortal Kombat fan, you like that. You know, it, it, it's just ingrained in that game. I don't play it just for the fatalities. No, I mean, the fatalities no. are great, but I, I do actually play it for, this will sound stupid, but the story. Yeah, the story. It's really. <laughs> and the gameplay. Yeah, yeah. The like, gameplay is really fast paced, especially in Ultimate that you mentioned. Absolutely. Those matches go by like crazy because the run mechanic. Yeah. And it's so much to it. The only annoying thing about the, the early Mortal Kombat games is the AI was stupid difficult. Oh, yeah. You fight Smoke in, like, um, one of the hidden maps in Mortal Kombat 2. He just throws you to death. Yeah, you're like, you're, you're like, he walks he up, throw. He just walks throw. up, rips you out of that uppercut. Like, your animation completely cancelled. Like, I'm just going to throw you. <laughs> yeah. I have actually beaten him, and it was, like, one of the biggest achievements yeah. of my gaming life. Yep, yep. <laughs> I just, like... Put my arms up in celebration for like, like two yep, minutes. That's my like, shit. Yep. <laughs> Done. I'm the best. If only. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I, as you can tell, I'm, I'm passionate about this subject, so I apologize for the derail there. Absolutely not. The thing, nothing to apologize about. The thing that's crazy to me about this is over the last couple of years, we've seen Japanese developers get way into PC and Steam. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, it's like WB is just like, okay, we're out. Yeah, basically. Like, what is, it's a I really mean, after Batman idea. and this, 
like bye don't come back basically yeah really like, thank who god for spike chunsoft seeing the light yeah spike oh my god Steve is gonna get got so announced. much better yeah that's uh, that's another like 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 on to happier news yeah uh, Danganronpa is headed to PC in very oh short God. order, and it's all. And the sequel has already been announced for PC as well. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. Sequel. Cool. Yeah. We're getting both games. Yeah. Like uh, the first game is out in February, so. Oh, jeez. And yeah, everybody really. on your Steam friends list. Is <laughs> and everybody, <laughs> including so me, including myself. Yeah, we we all do. It's just like it's it's it's, it's like a uh, redneck has added, has added um, Danger Robert Trigger Happy Habit to his to his wish list. Red has added Trigger Happy Habit to his wish list. It's like I uh, I know nothing about Danganronpa, only that I, I probably want to play it. It's a game I know about, but I I haven't played, and yeah. I want to play it. Yeah. It's, we're like it's the John Thayer best game we haven't played. Yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. The best thing about it though is now that Spike have actually realized that Steam has potential. And given the amount of people that are excited about this, my god, does it ever have potential? Yeah. Can you imagine if a couple of years down the road we get V three? That's oh, wow. that would be no. the pinnacle for me. No, I want all of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, even Ultra Despair Girls. Oh, you don't want Ultra Despair. <laughs> oh, I think I must have misheard you. I thought you meant uh, Virtuous Last Reward three. Oh, uh, Zero Escape three. Yeah, yeah. like those. Yeah. That's also being done by Tunesoft, and like and I'm. Sorry, ho- no, I meant Danganronpa V three. Oh, okay. The sorry. new one that's out later this year. Yeah, and uh, it's set in a prison. Given given how quickly like uh, Idea Factory has jumped onto the Steam train and how their games have just been so quickly embraced, because like I, I know that like the Neptunia games weren't really small potatoes here, but I don't really think that they blew up until they got the bigger audience, uh, thanks to Steam. And it's yeah. just like everybody, like I see new people on my friends list playing these games every week. It's yeah. I guess the Steam version is sold around two hundred thousand now. That's really awesome. It's, it's like a series everybody been... knew about, but nobody actually played unless you had a Vita. Yeah, basically. yeah. yeah. And it's nobody just has a Vita. See all these developers embracing Steam. Except for WB. Except for Except WB. WB. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of something witty to call the, the, use the initial WB for, but I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank. I'm so angry about it. Watery uh, butthole. There we go. Watery, Watery butthole games. There you go. Works for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, at this point, PC is rapidly approaching equality with a lot of the consoles. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's brilliant. More variety, more accessibility is always a good thing. Absolutely. And you know now that you've got uh, more and more Japanese developers on board, which is this is something that like, you know, here in the Soxcast we've been talking about for probably the last year. It's just it's been amazing to see Japan finally embracing the PC as like a viable market instead of just seeing his PC as like, "Oh my god, no, it's those pirate box machines." Yeah. Yeah, I, I I just hope that I, my hunch is right and Spike Chun stuff and using the release, the Steam releases of uh, Danganronpa One and Two to gauge how many people will be interested in another game. Yeah, like I, I'm out. really I'm hoping that it eventually leads to them bringing uh, the Zero Escape series uh, to Steam because those games are fantastic. That would and, be wonderful too. And uh, like I I definitely you know like I, I, 
they've said that Zero Escape 3 will also be on the 3DS, but, like, it's hard to say, like, if they can keep that promise mm. or if they will. But, like, it, you know, if it only ends up on Vita, I'm hoping that down the line there will at least be a Zero Escape 3 uh, release for PC or something. <clears throat> I mean, when is that... No... Sorry, right, go on. When is that game supposed to come out? Uh, this summer is sort of when they're kind of, oh, like, okay. been softballing it, but, like, you just never know. Until, I was say, until it, it was starts... Like... Until it starts appearing in Japanese media, yeah, you really never know. So I was going to say, if that, if that game's coming out like a year or two from now, maybe NX instead of 3DS. Yeah. And I don't know when DR3 is out. I just know that people got insanely excited when it was announced at Tokyo Game Show last year. Yeah. yeah. They didn't even show footage. They just showed like um, stock footage <laughs> of Monokumas. Wow. That was enough. They didn't want to give away the characters. Yeah, you like that's the kind of game. It's like heavily narrative, you know. Like like it's it's it lives and dies on its narrative. So it absolutely does, and it lives and dies on its characters. Yeah, yeah. And you get you get attached to characters, but you can't help it. That's exactly the reason I love the Zero Escape games as well. Is you get so attached to characters and like what they're going through and like. And I'm not going to mention a thing about the story because that would be most unfair to anyone that's not played it. Or yeah, like seen I know it. nothing about it. Other like like good. That's the best. Way. Other than the name, and that's about it. I've I heard... know the whole plot, but I'm still going to enjoy it. I've heard it plays similar in a fashion to Phoenix Wright, where it's like about trials. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that sounds that's great. I, I love say. those games. And I love those games, absolutely. There are trials, that's all I will say. Cool. Cool. And being nice, I don't want to spoil things. <laughs> yeah, just they like, yeah. Because it's coming out soon. We're like, Despite yeah. the fact that I said I won't be getting it day one, I, I'm very weak-willed. It Trust me, you're, you're, talking to someone who has to, you're talking to someone who has to go through Doctor Who uh, fan sites for, to get material for his own podcast and somehow try to avoid all the spoilers. <laughs> it's not easy. That's it's not easy. That's, that takes some talent. I've, I somehow managed to avoid the big, big spoilers for um, for the end of the last series. How I did it, I have no idea. There's a phone booth. <laughs> I know. Uh, that was the spoiler. What a twist. Gotcha. There's a, there's a blue police box. Gotcha. Time space with. Gotcha. Well, that's the show ruined for me. <laughs> you have just cancelled Doctor Who reviews for the next two years. <laughs> Actually, no, they've already cancelled it for this year because there's no series coming in. Oh, damn. You'll have to do a podcast about something else. Oh, you could do a, a podcast about how to be a fake British person. I think you've hit on something there. Yeah, I think I got a... I, I, I think you've hit on something there, mate. A, a number of times, in fact. You're starting something, Governor. Starting something, right? You're starting something. You want some. It's a good idea, isn't it? I, I concur. Uh... <laughs> All right. Um, Rhett, moving on. Do we have any questions? If you got oh. questions for us, I tell you what, you want to get them questions off to us, you can fire them off to podcast at socksmakepeoplesexy.net, or you can go over to that Twitter thing and hit us up at, at SMPS underscore updates. And we'll, we'll we'll read your dumb words. They're dumb. You know it. First Brett. question is real dumb. Okay. Comes in from Chelsea. Uh-oh. She says, do you want a banana? Absolutely. I fucking love bananas. More potassium. Exactly. Yeah, I'm a big bananas. fan of pot- I'm a big fan of potassium. I'm not afraid to say it. A lot of people <laughs> might not be you know might not be so big into admitting it, but hey, you know what? Potassium me up. Shove it all in my face. Those goddamn potassium folks. 
I know. I know. Going around, Dominion Bananas. No, just just stop it. I'm a PJW for life. PJW? Potassium Justice Warrior? Absolutely. DX. I love it. DX. I love it. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, Raquel writes in, any games you'd like to see remade or re-released? I'm going to go with my usual answer for the, every time this is asked. Panzer Dragoon Saga, please. <laughs> hey, guess what other game is poop coming out of a butt, Rhett? You are an awful human being. <laughs> no, see, the thing is, I actually like that game. It's just one of those things I really like trolling people about. <laughs> uh, a game that I would like to see re-released... Or remade. Remade. Because uh, I think Panzer Dragon Saga would need a lot of touching oh, up. Oh, yeah. I saw some someone got an emulator working in, like, 4K mm-hmm. for Saturn, and it looks like fucking oh, garbage. yeah. It looks pretty bad. Because, <laughs> like, the, the polygons themselves are yeah. super sharp, but oh, then the yeah. textures are just, like, <laughs> fucking massive blocks. Yeah, it's pretty goddamn ugly. Um I don't know. Like, off the top of my head, I honestly think that anything I've wanted to see remade has kind of already been remade. Like, we had Bionic Commando rearmed, and that was fan-freaking-tastic. Um, nothing's really jumping out at me, like, right off the top of my head, though. Mm. What about you, Rainiac? Yeah, I'm kind of the same boat as you, because a lot of the games that I'd like to see remakes of, I've already seen remakes of, like uh, Perfect Dark had a remake. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Banjo Kazooie had a remake, mm-hmm. which removed the ability to uh, oh, that you had to get the notes in once in one go. Yeah, which was both a good and a bad thing. Yeah, it took all the, the difficulty out of it. But no, I think Tekken Five remastered. That wouldn't be too bad. Tekken Five is probably the best Tekken game. I st- I still hold true to Tekken Three, but that's just because I that's, have that's also pretty good. Yeah, that that's just because I have a lot of fond memories of playing that game with friends. I just love the roster of Tekken 5 and the fact that they took all the clone characters and branched them out. Yeah, yeah. Plus, my fighting bear. Yeah, there you go. Kuma represent. He's not in Fate Retribution yet. He needs to be. Harada, if you're listening to this, which I highly doubt, get on that. He's in Kuma versus Kuma. Akuma versus Kuma. Money. Kuma (laughs) is in Neptunia. Yeah. I know he is. Yeah. (laughs) It's really awesome. I won't, like a... I won't say how how or what Kuma is because Raquel is still going through those games and, and Tekken is her favorite character. But just rest assured that when Kuma makes his grand appearance, it's one of the best scenes in the game. Yes. I've, I've seen the screenshot that I think Freezing Inferno lent to me and just the expression on Kuma's face. It's perfect. Like, yes. So but, good! Uh, I, I, I don't think we'll get a Tekken 5 remaster anytime soon because they've got Fade Retribution coming out for Tekken 7. Yeah. Which looks alright. I'm, I'm just kind of so far off the fighting game things these days. Like, if it's not Dive Kick, I ain't care. <laughs> I I went through a binge, like, years and years ago of playing through a lot of different fighting games, and I just haven't played as many other than Mortal Kombat now, so... Yeah, yeah. Speaking of remakes, did you guys see that cancelled Mortal Kombat 1 remake? Oh my god, oh. that HD remake! They oh. were doing... Wow. That I wish looked... that was a thing. I really Wait, do! It made more sad. Yeah, it looked really good. It, it looked, looked really good, good, it looked in, a good in a bad way. way. Yeah, like... Why is it that everything good about Mortal Kombat gets cancelled? I mean, that got cancelled. MKXL wasn't cancelled, just wasn't released for the PC. <laughs> and then, of course, that 
fantastic pilot they did for a, a, a realistic TV yeah. series of Mortal Kombat. That didn't that, get made. That was good. What the yeah. hell? Yeah. Jerry, Jerry Ryan was in that. What the hell? Yeah. Like, what the hell, man? She was a really good Sonya Blade. Yeah. Like, what? That's kind of like the curse of Mortal Kombat, I guess. It's, it's kind of weird that Baraka was basically a guy that just had um, knives yeah. to him rather than a mutant, but... But, hey, you know, it worked. you got you to gotta, gotta adapt the best way you can and when you're working As opposed with... to now where he's an alien being <laughs> that I can't even play as. Not that I'm bitter or anything. No. Uh, Sayara writes in, do any of you enjoy the British rock of the 60s? I mean, I think, like, if you're talking British rock of the 60s, you got to go with Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, and The Who. Oh, I didn't know Pink Floyd was British, actually, so, yeah, I like I'm that. Not, whoa, 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 Walt! I'm, okay, I'm not a big Floyd fan, I just didn't ever think about that. Like, Fans that I from? don't really care about much, like, I'm not a big Beatles fan, despite, yes, the fa- despite the fact that, like, a lot of the music I listen to is inspired by the Beatles, I don't really like them that much, yeah. and uh, I don't really like the Rolling Stones that much. I appreciate what the Beatles and the Rolling Stones did. Yeah, for music, and I appreciate the fact that people love them, and that's fine because again, people are allowed to have their own tastes. Exactly, but they just don't do it for me. Yeah, yeah, it's not my it's not my gig. But the but uh, Pink Floyd is a fantastic shout. Absolutely, another brick in the wall, absolute classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Led Zeppelin, yeah, that's a good call as well. Mm-hmm. My music tends to be more from the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Yeah, like, my, my music tastes really, like, didn't... They don't really pick up until, you know, you hit the 70s. Motorhead. Absolutely! Lemmy, Lemmy R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Bowie, of course. Uh, also R.I.P. Again. I, I thought we were going to get through a whole two weeks as I appeared on this without any more, like, major British celebrity deaths. And then nope. Terry Wogan died. Yeah. That guy was a legend. Like you said, made Eurovision tolerable. He really did. <clears throat> but yeah, like those are that, that, like you know, those are the three that I go to. Just like boom, that was like as soon as he said like '60s rock, I was like right off the top of my head. Boom, they are. That's my. I love how I think that question was directed to me, and I didn't have an answer for. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, a question that is directed for Rainiac from Poncho Smith. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite all-time wrestling championship belt design? Oh my god, that's such a good question. All right, I'm going to just sit back here and let him do the talking. (laughs) I'm just thinking, because there's been quite a few ones. The classic Intercontinental Championship with the white lever is pretty classy. Uh, The smoking skull that Steve Austin had, which was a special design for the world title. And then, of course, Cena's spinner belt. But what the hell? I'm not going to go for the Divas Championship, which is a butterfly. What's a spin belt? It, it spins round. Wait, what? The the front of the belt <laughs> spun round. <laughs> what? It, it, it was it was seen as persona of being a white rapper. Oh my god! You mean like spinner? Yes. <laughs> On a so, belt. So the first championship he had spun around, and then they blew it up in a trash can. <laughs> and then he was the world champion, and the WWE championship spun around. You see, what can I say, Polly? Wrestling is super dumb. You see, this is why I I don't watch wrestling myself, but I love listening to people talk about it because I'm sorry. it's so it's so absurd that I could listen to this shit for hours. But it's the fact that it's dumb that I like it. If it was serious, I don't think I'd enjoy it. 
I think it's the fact that it is escapism. It's just like this is so stupid. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, I'll be, I'll be, um, I'll say the white leather intercontinental title belt. Poncho, good question. And the second part of this question is: Should WWE bring back the European title? Uh, probably not. I mean, I, I love the European title. I love the fact that pe- the people that held the European title were like sort of the best people. And you wish you were European. Can we stop this? <laughs> this podcast is over. Do I have to do an Obama and get my birth certificate out? <laughs> to answer your question, um, I don't think so, because they've got the WWE Championship, the Intercontinental Belt, then they've got the United States Belt, the Ted Team, and the one for the ladies. And I think that's five belts... And that's probably enough. Mm. Cool. But, like, wouldn't you want more belts for more people? You'd think so, but if there's too many, then it just gets ridiculous to keep hold of. Oh. Okay, okay. Or you'd become WCW, which (laughs) was a complete mess. Oh, so they had, like, a million belts. They had, like, a tag team championship. They had a cruiserweight tag team championship. Uh, Wait, they they gave fucking Dennis Rodman a belt, didn't they? No, but he was on t- television, which is enough. Okay. They gave David Arquette the world title. Fuck, what? They gave David Arquette the world title. Man, wrestling's great. <laughs> That's all you need to know about WCW. It's Okay, tough. that might have been what I heard about. I just remember having friends into... Sorry, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll clarify. From 1996 to 1998, it was great. After that, it sucked. Yeah, I had some friends in that era that watched wrestling, and they always talked about like weird celebrity stuff happening. I remember them saying like some celebrity one. Drew Carey was in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> what? You gotta love it. He didn't do anything. He just got in, got grabbed by the throat by Kane, and stepped over the ropes and eliminated himself. <laughs> and for that, he's in the Hall of Fame. Wrestling's dumb, <laughs> and, I, and it should be. As it should be. Yeah, it, it, I, makes it, it definitely makes it more fun to hear about like, listening to you people talk about it. It's I brought the tone that. down now. Freezing the phone, you happy? <laughs> you happy listening to this? Look what you've caused. You've caused me to completely derail the entire podcast. <laughs> Rhett, any more questions? Nope, that's all of them. I see another one. Oh, Wait. No. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, I see one. You know what? I think it's... Because the, the account doesn't actually follow you. Hold on. Uh, this one comes in from Atoho. Kanpaku. Is yeah. your guest really British or is he just faking it? God damn it. <laughs> Again, birth certificate. I, I will think, find it. I think we've pretty much figured that out this episode. Wink, yes, we have. Wink. Look at how defensive he gets about it, though. I think, You're I think. attacking my nationality. Of course, I'm gonna get defensive about it. Yeah, okay. Sure thing, Rainiac. If that is indeed your real name, well, we've already established it isn't. <laughs> point, but still, that's not the name. That's not the name on my uh, on my birth certificate. That would be pretty good if it was, though. <laughs> Rainiac. Yeah, <laughs> Rainiac Montgomery the third. You have some pretty great parents if your name was Rainiac. I would think. Well, probably yes. Let's leave it at that, shall we? Right, right. <laughs> so, with that, Rainiac, want to thank you for joining us right here on our wonderful little podcast. Uh, it's been great. It, the, the eight months lead up to it finally happening. 
have have finally borne fruit and i am totally glad you've been here and done this with us and i hope that you had fun i had an absolute blast (laughs) i really did thank you for having me on and i'm sorry it took so long to arrange this but uh... hey like you said people have lives and that's just how it goes sometimes but uh where can we find you if we want to keep up with you okay so you can your best Two places to catch up me are either on Twitter or YouTube. YouTube, you can probably find me just by putting youtube.com forward slash YouTube forward slash Rainiac. Mm-hmm. That'll take you to my channel when I actually get around to updating it. Uh, and on Twitter, unfortunately, some person, uh, some very inconsiderate person, took my username. So I you can bet, find I bet me. They're really British. You can find me on uh, twitter.com forward slash Rainiac da Maniac. Mm. All one word. Mm. That's D A Maniac. Da. Da, as da. in Russian. Da, da, da. I don't, know why, I don't know why I made it that, but I did. It's, it, it's got a good ring to it. I like Somebody it. had been, had been pestering. I think that's my alternate account name, and it just kind of... I it, went all in on it. It stuck. Cool. Uh, John's Chair, where can we find you? <laughs> Rhett, where are we looking for you at? N3.tumblr.com. And you can find me on my dumb website. It's great. Twitch.tv slash Eric's Joystick. Remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only <laughs> ones that love you. Bye-bye.